0: So go to mypillar.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own all season slippers, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98 with your promo code. This is an introductory offer and it won't last long, so order now.
1: It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates This ends now.
2: Casting live and live to Patriot Control America, you're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now, on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm.
3: I know why you're here, Neo. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep. Why you live alone and why night after night you sit at your computer. You're looking for him.
4: I know because I was once looking for the same thing. And when he found me, he told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. It's the question that drives us near. It's the question that brought you here. You know the question, just as I did.
5: It's been in my mind
6: as the days keep turning into
5: night for many a night I found myself with no friends stand-
2: to another edition of Truespiracy. Truespiracy, Number forty-two. Forty-two. Mm-hmm. It's catching up to my age. Oh shit! It's gonna huh? be close.
3: Yes. I am the making. With me, of course, is my much better, beloved, better half, Lynn. Hello, Patriots. And uh, yeah, we're back. It's Church Sunday. It is meets Truther Sunday. Ooh. 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 So y'all know, I, we were discussing kind of all week what we were going to do today. For True Spiracy. Normally I have True Spiracy planned out like weeks in advance because it normally takes weeks to sometimes weeks, sometimes at least a week to uh to prep for a, a good True Spiracy show, to research for a good True Spiracy show. And uh, you know, we were talking about maybe doing 5G EMF and or AI or all kinds of different things. And then yesterday, I woke up yesterday morning, and I was like, oh, let do True Spiracy on Tartaria. I've been wanting to do that for a while anyway. And I started digging into it, and I was like, oh, shit. This actually lines up exactly with the Revelations timeline that we did a couple weeks ago. Holy shit. So it's uh, True Spiracy Sunday meets Truth or Sunday. Is Tartaria, was Tartaria the millennial kingdom of Christ?
2: I I guess questions to be answered here in the next two hours, three hours.
3: Three hours, yes. We started an hour early this week because we have a a hard stop at four o'clock. Our son is in the school play because he's, um, it has girls and he's in an all boys school. So Hence, he was like, oh, no, I'm doing the school play. They, they do it with all girls school in town. So uh, he has play practice at five. So I've got to drive his ass halfway across freaking town. Getting him some poo nanny. <laughs> poo nanny. I hope. I hope. Uh-huh. Anyway. Mm. So, yes. Um, and Cisco, I, I actually thought about doing Enoch today, but that's one of those ones that that will take a lot of a couple weeks of research at least you know a week maybe two of research so um and even though i've i've read Enoch before still to go over it it's going to take some time um but i've been digging into tartaria for i mean you know for fun on on the sly on the side for a couple years and um you know i'm familiar with the mud floods and and the the idea of tartaria it's all over ancient maps and and all that but when we talked about in in the revelations timeline episode that we did that jesus already came like the first resurrections already happened We're we're in that that short period of time after the millennial reign of christ where satan's in control before the final battle um at least that's what i believe we determined in in that episode you you there with me on that one? Yeah. 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 Keep going. Okay. Um, so if that's the case, then then how come we don't we don't know about the millennial reign of Christ? Like how come it's been hidden from us? Or I, there's I mean, we weren't taught about it. Certainly. Most people believe that it's still to come. And then those those puzzle pieces like, you know, lined up the way they do. They join together. And I was like, well, shit, there is a whole portion of history that's been hidden from us. There's a whole empire that's been hidden from us that uh, encompassed the entire world and, and was at peace. And there's, I mean, giants and unicorns and all, all kinds of crazy, what we consider mythological beasts. And, and then it was all wiped out in one fell swoop. And ever since then, the world's been shit. Hmm. What was that? Well, that was Tartaria and the mud floods. Well, shit. And then I fell down the rabbit hole of the added time to our calendar. Okay. Um, And we'll get into that as well. But we we had come across that, Mick and I, a year ago in our own history. Because we did a show on for we went on Forbidden Knowledge News uh, with Chris, who's great. Um, and that's how we met Corey, and but we did this one on um, the uh, Templars. The Templars. Sorry, I, I had a brain, brain fart. fart. <laughs> but, yeah, quick brain fart. So we did it on the Templars. Blonde, blonde moment. We, we didn't. We didn't talk about the angels or anything like that. We did. We talked about Templars. We talked about the. Um, uh, the lead the line coming from jesus and mary and um you know we we talked about sarah and but the thing was and he talked about Mike talked about the book that he read from well, the, the diary the diary the, the journal from the monk um on the the shores of france and if you guys follow us at all you've heard the story before because he's told it many times uh especially in but. That was written like 300 years ago. So if that was a firsthand account, then how was Sarah had alive or had just died maybe 300 well, years ago? thirteen. It was 1328.
2: Okay. Or 13, uh, I'm sorry, 1339 okay. is when...
3: You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. 1339, Sarah had just died. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Well, Jesus... and no. It,
2: Sarah was coming to France.
3: Okay, Sarah was coming to France in 1339 Correct. as the daughter of Jesus and Mary. Correct. How is that possible?
2: It's a great question.
3: It's a great question, right? And there's we were like, years "There's a that thousand we can't years that we can't account for that were just just deleted, st- stuck in, added, added to our timeline." Like, for instance. We are, and
2: this is what kind of threw me this morning, because you asked me this question. Yep. You said, what year are we in? It's mm-hmm. said so 2023. She said, A.D., mm-hmm. A.C., what? At, mm-hmm. at dominum?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or at nominum, which is A.D.,
3: which is after death. Or? Or. In English, but they didn't speak English then. In the year of our Lord. In the year of our Lord. Which is the other translation for it. Which is the Latin translation for it. Correct. Which was the primarily spoken language.
2: Of most of the lands.
3: Of most lands. It certainly wasn't English. No. A thousand years ago. Two thousand years ago.
2: No, the Romans controlled. Exactly. 90% of the world two thousand years ago.
3: Was it two thousand years ago though, or was or it a was thousand it, years
2: ago, or was it three thousand years ago? <laughs> oh,
3: no, 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 a, th- a thousand years ago. Because they added, they inserted a thousand years. So we'll get into that. So yeah, but if are, they
2: inserted a thousand years, that means it was three thousand years no, ago. No, no, no.
3: They inserted a thousand years, meaning they they added a thousand years that didn't actually exist. So you have to subtract a thousand years anyway. So we'll get into that. So um, it's it's been it's been some interesting rabbit holes, some um, in, in the last bit of time. Because the passage Ooh, the last, of time. like 48 hours. The because passage the passage of time, time is so is significant. Such, <laughs> so significant.
2: Because the significance of the passage of time
3: Ooh, is really very is. significant. It really is. Maybe Cameltoe wasn't far off, but no politics today. So. Um,
2: I wasn't doing any politics. I was. I know, just making fun of who, like, who doesn't who like doesn't a like yellow a school bus? <laughs> who
3: doesn't like a yellow school bus? Oh, exactly. So. Uh, anyway. So, Tartaria. I'm assuming that you guys are all generally familiar with the concept of Tartaria. The story that, behind it. The idea of Tartaria. And there's different, uh, there's been a lot of quote unquote debunking of Tartaria. If you go look it up on YouTube, that's like the first two videos are debunking Tartaria. I'm not going to play the debunking videos because that's whatever, you know, they'll tell you that they use, they used the name Tartaria. I'll just go over it briefly. They use the name Tartaria on maps um, to describe places that they had not yet mapped out that they hadn't explored
2: doesn't even equate
3: that's literally what they how they explained tartaria okay so that um and as they explored these places then they renamed them on the maps Mm -hmm. sure okay Okay. all right sure yeah keep telling yourself that keep telling yourself that so uh, let's let's start with this um because there's a lot of a lot of videos to get through we're not going to play all of all of them all all of all of them we'll play some of all of them okay but not all of all of them. Uh, but this to start with is like Tartaria explained in three minutes. So your, your broad overview.
2: Yes. Okay. Your, your, your non tops. Okay. What
7: is Tartaria in three minutes? Let's have a quick look. So obviously I'm still learning the subject, but it's a massive subject. What I do know, know so far is that it was an empire that grew massive from near the russian region and all modern maps have had it removed taken away from there and i believe it was the largest empire to exist hence why it got wiped out because these guys seemed like they were doing stuff right they were doing things for humanity they had free energy the buildings they were building were incredible Absolutely incredible. So, around the 1800s, the late 1800s, 1900s is the last we last reminiscence. All we got left now is a few buildings, a few crumbs. So that's Genghis Khan, a fake Genghis Khan, and this is the real Genghis Khan. He was from the Tartarian region, but let's have a look at some Tartarian buildings. Hopefully this will encourage you to do your own research. So these now are probably used as mosques and things like that. But these are proper Tartarian buildings. And Muscovy and Russia is the heart of it. there was a clear agenda to wipe this empire out I personally believe because they was doing things right they had free energy all the buildings had domes on collecting energy from the ether maybe harvesting it harnessing it because if you look here there'd be a reset and people are going around on horse and cart and you've got these buildings in the background that are just phenomenal so these are all Tartarian buildings could not be replicated now. And they're not just there, they're all over the world. This empire got ginormous. Absolutely ginormous. But it ties in with the mud flood. It seems that after the mud flood, the Holy Roman Empire was gone, the Tartarian Empire was gone, and some sort of new world order popped up. Like I said, it's everywhere. It's got a do your own research. I hope this has encouraged you to do it because it is everywhere. Anyway, under three minutes, One well, love. He, he didn't really
3: explain
2: Twitter. anything.
3: No, it's just that, just again, just the broad overview. Okay. He's
2: giving you kind of like a, hey, look at this. Broad, broad, broad overview. Very broad.
3: Yeah. So we're going to do the research. Okay. Uh, but some of the buildings, for example... And there's, there's, they're everywhere.
2: And yeah, you're right, Pequest. It was energy generation. Mm -hmm. They were generators of energy and collectors of energy. Mm -hmm. They were both. They did both.
3: Uh, Especially cathedrals Yep. where now there's stained glass in them. Those were actually all energy generators. Um, They had free energy. But when you think about it, all right. So take a look at Savannah, for example. Because we live in a beautiful historic city that was not destroyed in the no 1800s, when the late
2: 1800s. Sherman was on his march through mm. the south, destroying all the southern cities. Mm-hmm. Um, Oglethorpe ran to Charleston mm-hmm. to stop the city of Savannah from burning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he handed him the keys to the city. And in one night, this is why Savannah is one of the most haunted cities in all of the South. In one night, it went from it was legal to own and possess slaves to it was completely illegal and northern troops were coming. And it takes a little while to get from Charleston to Savannah. Mm -hmm. And they knew that Grant was coming to Savannah. In that one night, there was they murdered all of their slaves and it is so, one of the most,
3: that's why Savannah is one of the most haunted cities. We'll we'll get into the destruction of Charleston a little bit later, but if you look around Savannah and if you guys haven't been to Savannah, take, go look at some pictures online. Um, for example, our, our Capitol building in downtown Savannah,
2: the city, huge yeah. city hall, city huge
3: hall. gold dome, right? Huge, big, beautiful building huge huge doors been
2: around since the beginning since of the city
3: 1733 yep okay how
2: the fuck How did the fuck build did it?
3: they build that yeah. in 1733 with horses and buggies seriously we can't build buildings like that now with the technology that we have how did they build that then how did they build the pyramids how did they build the parthenon the pantheon um in Rome. How did they build? I mean, they just discovered recently, this was another rabbit hole I fell down just a little bit, that uh, the Romans actually put lime in their concrete um, so that it's living, it's self-healing concrete. They couldn't figure out for centuries how the Roman concrete has stayed there are still aqueducts that bring water to cities
2: hun, that the used, romans
3: built hun, no no
2: no mm. we, we've used lime and concrete and, for years but
3: it's a different it's a different type of lime sure i am sure lime. it is but why our concrete dissolves after like you know breaks down our roads break down after a couple of years while that you know roman buildings are, are still around okay they used a, they used an entirely different method it's not the it's not the the ingredients; it's the method that they oh, use. Sure, I, it was more um, rough. How it did, wasn't as fine as. How did they know that? How did they know to do that? Then we and we lost that technology. Now, like all of these things, just don't make sense unless they were much more advanced than we've been told. And these buildings that we see were actually from an ancient civilization, and it's just been hidden, covered up.
2: Or, and and this is why. I'm glad that we get to bounce shit off of each other because mm-hmm. a lot of shows can't do this. Like Liana, she just would talk to her screen, and the screen might talk back. And okay. if it does, holy shit, you so, got some well, her, her serious. Chat, well,
3: her chat yells at her. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah you know, um, that's the fun thing about doing a live show.
2: But one of the things, one of the other, you know, I, I I've got to venture an argument here and say, what if? what if we knew how to do all of this stuff and because of technology Mm -hmm. because of humanity and the way that human beings have become lazy and weak
3: our advancement has made us dumber
2: we've lost we've lost how for instance
3: People go to school now and they I, have to read peer reviewed, all agreed on papers instead of learning apprenticeships from with knowledge that's been handed down for generations.
2: For instance, one of the things I've always asked the question, and it took me forever to learn it. And mind you, I am also a gunsmith. Okay. I asked the question for the longest time How is it back in the 1800s we made barrels? If you saw the process that it go, you go through today to make a rifled barrel for a rifle, a firearm, how the fuck did we do that back in the 1800s? Do you know how heavy have you ever picked up an old repeating rifle? Henry Arms makes one and it's the closest thing to the real thing. And I I beg of you, if you were a true firearm lover to purchase one, because I want you to grab that rifle and go, how the fuck did we make this? Because it's the lightest goddamn thing you will ever hold in your hands. You will ask the same question that I am asking right now. How did we make this? Because today... A rifle, a a true, I'm talking you grab my big bang stick <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of bang mm-hmm. and you try to freewheel that motherfucker without putting that bitch down on the ground. You just tried to free arm it. Good luck. That's all I can say. Cause your arms are gonna be smoked when you're fucking done. Yet a Henry repeating arm. Which is good to a thousand yards. The round is good. The fucking bullet's good. The trajectory's good. Everything about it is lighter than my rifle that is fucking just as accurate, just three times heavier.
3: And when was that made?
2: One was made in the early 1800s, mm. the other one was made in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm
3: exactly the early 1800s okay play play the next video because we're gonna we're because gonna there's a
2: lot of weird shit when you get into firearms because when- you would think that the barrels were uber fucking heavy like you would think they just thought about carving out a little hole in a big block of steel and calling that a barrel but they knew to whittle this shit down to within a cunt's hair of metal. So you had a full
3: cylinder going down the rifle. How did they know to do that? So here's the question. When when did the millennial reign end?
2: That's a better question. Was it the 1800s? Mm. Hmm. Maybe Mm. it was the end of all of the goodness.
3: Mm, Because the destruction of Tartaria really started with the world fairs, the civil war, the mud floods of 1892, world war one, world war two. Think about all the bombings in world war two. They destroyed all the old, all the ancient architecture of Europe. Yeah, they really did. They really did. Hmm. And then. Iraq and Afghanistan, we did the same thing in the Middle East.
2: We just pulverized the rest pulverized of it.
3: Pulverized the ancient architecture. Oh.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It's an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. And there's there's theory to it.
3: Mm-hmm. So anyway. There's some it's got some mm-hmm. it's got some, some gut. It, it, it it's got some it there. makes some sense. Let's see what this says. Mm-hmm.
8: welcome to my channel. In this first video, I'll give a brief introduction on my point of view regarding the subject of Tartaria. This channel will be for those who are already well acquainted with the mysteries of the old world, or what we have come to call Tartaria. I found this emerging area of research incredibly fascinating and at the same time extremely frustrating as none of us could seem to put forth a comprehensive theory regarding our past. Another layer of our reality had fallen completely apart and there was no alternative to cling to. My new obsession with the Old World sent me down many new avenues of thought, often researching individual structures abroad or in my own backyard. I was continually amazed by the fact that every single Old World-style building in every city in the world had its own individually crafted, fake backstory, which altogether amounted to one all-encompassing lie. Whether it is the mud flood, the strange old maps, antiquitec, star forts, orphans, giants and impossible buildings, or the so-called reset people, the subject of Tartaria never ceases to captivate the mind of the truth seeker. we have discovered and then meticulously examined the evidence, what we can clearly see is sufficient proof for an advanced, highly sophisticated civilization whose achievements surpass ours today. In addition, we have uncovered a large effort to hide the truth of our past, an effort that is so large it is beyond human imagination and can only be understood by taking a personal journey into our fraudulent history." After quite a bit of research and intense thought on the matter, I now believe that what we are looking back on is indeed the millennial kingdom or messianic reign of Jesus Christ as prophesied in the Bible. Not only have we been lied to about our past, but we have also been tricked into thinking that we're on a different part of the overall timeline. The vast majority of Christians today believe that the prophecies in the Bible have not been fulfilled regarding the Tribulation and the Second Coming of Christ, and that, therefore, the Millennial Kingdom is yet to come. However, by researching the past through a new lens, it has become clear that this Millennial Kingdom period has already come and gone, and our true place in time is much different than we thought. Perhaps some of you interested in eschatology have contemplated what the Millennial Kingdom would be like. What would the world look like if mankind were not oppressed by the evil one? What could we accomplish if we did not have to waste our energy continuously pushing back against forces who only wish to destroy? Now we don't have to leave so much up to our imagination. The Millennial Kingdom is not our future, it is our past. Regarding life during this time, there is a great treasure trove of information in the paintings, sculptures, manuscripts, architecture, and all other surviving artifacts. As we explore this wealth of clues from a new perspective, we will find many of the answers we have been looking for, and inevitably, just as many new questions. While there are still a great many mysteries surrounding our history, there's only one general theory that provides a solid foundation for making sense of our past. The Old World, or what we have colloquially called Tartaria, was the Millennial Kingdom prophesied in the Bible. Therefore, it is a prophecy that has long been fulfilled. It was a time when a large group of normal humans, like us, were ruled over by Jesus Christ himself and a select group of people called saints. It was 1,000 years of Christ's rule which extended both spiritually and literally across the entire Earth. On this channel, I will provide evidence to substantiate these claims, as well as show how the timeline deception is the key to unraveling many of the mysteries that have long eluded us. Thanks for watching.
2: now one of the things
3: that i always thought was interesting there was here uh, let it play and just turn the volume down all
2: right yeah because all they're doing is showing pictures yeah buildings. one of the things i always thought was interesting there was a uh, uh i forget what the fuck they call it it's like a manuscript of sorts but it, it's not the Vatican's got it mm-hmm. when leonardo da vinci was uh, charged with the sculptures in the vatican he was asked why The sculptures were so tall. And he looked at the priest that had asked him the question. He said, what are you talking about? They're not tall. They're actual size. And if you look at, if you go to the Vatican, I've been to the Vatican. Yep. Me too. You stand next to these sculptures. These sculptures are seven, eight feet tall. Easily. Easily. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, we'll get into some of that too. And you know, Mick and I have had the great privilege, although we didn't do it together, of having traveled the world and seen a lot of these places in person. I mean, I know, I, I was very blessed as a child to be able to travel uh, to from, England, um, roam the world, pretty much. I mean, my mother got transferred uh, to Europe to to England when I was a kid. And since we were there, we took the opportunity. We had family there anyway. We visited Germany, Bavaria, uh, Austria, um, Morocco. We went to France. We went to Rome. I mean, we went all over Europe. And the architecture is absolutely incredible. It's just stunning. It's mind-blowing.
2: Just to see some of the doors. Just the doors. Forget everything else. Just the doors, especially in England.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And Pequest, the link to all of these videos will be in uh, the, the, the Substack. Substack that'll come out today.
2: Just the doors alone are are, are fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There are doors in England that I literally said I like. Um, I went to a castle with my brother uh, when we were kids. We were, I think we we're, I was ten, my brother was fourteen. My dad brought us over there. We were on a work trip with him. Anyway, um, we were there. My cousins were there. And my cousins were like, well, we've never really been to England before. We want to go check this out. And so they begged my father. They were like, hey, can we take them with us? So I went with my cousins and we went all over England. We went to some castles. And I'll tell you what, I realized that the horses are not even close to the size the horses were back in the day. However, and why is that? When you look at the size of some of these fucking doors, you sit there and say, I realized they were protecting themselves against man. But there's no way that any man protection would be for a smaller door, not a larger one was making it through the amount of wood that they had used to construct these fucking doors.
3: I mean, honestly, though, if you were looking for protection, wouldn't you want a smaller entry point?
2: Yeah. Right. Because you'd want the the most the
3: the most possible defensible, right? Your your walls. I mean, you would want literally just the door the size of a man. That's it.
2: Why would you need, why would you 20, need a huge foot, foot
3: a, a huge door, and why is it that horses were bigger then than they are now? If if evolution is correct, and we have gotten bigger over time, if we used to be three, four, five foot tall, and we've gotten bigger, why have horses gotten smaller?
2: Why are they going backwards?
3: Exactly, that doesn't make sense.
2: You, you gotta wonder. I, I just I realize that there's a difference. I got gotcha. you. I I agree. There is a difference. The the stallions that they rode back then were fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. So Thorne Huge. The back was above me. Their back was above me.
3: How did they get on them? Now I mean now we have mounting blocks for for horses that are, you know, two, three steps up. Um, but you can get on a horse without a mounting block, you know, you're it's actually pretty good. Pretty good height, and the, those horse? horses were assholes. How would you get? How would you get on a horse that size? Honestly, how would you break a horse that size? Exactly,
2: because you, you have to be it? able to mm-hmm. put your legs around it and pull. Yeah, when you're breaking the horse, that's yeah. kind of part of it. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um, Thorne said it took a lot of uh, some of the cathedrals took a lifetime to build. Uh, some cathedrals took generations of master craftsmen to build. The whole idea of that blows my mind. Did it though. That's what we've been told, right? That's what, that's what Ken Follett told us in Pillars of the Earth, which is a fantastic series of books, by the way, and they did a decent miniseries out of it. But is that the truth? Uh,
2: there's uh what's his name? Pelter Regman. He's the, um, he's a paleon. Uh, he's like a, how do you, how, he's like a historical buff on architecture. architecture. Mm-hmm. He's like a paleo-architectualist or some, shit something like that. like that. Yeah, He's like pre-histori- mm-hmm. uh, prehistoric architecture. One of the things he, he noted, one of the big things he noted, is he thought that mankind was significantly taller. He said, look at, for instance, one of the domes, the uh, big one, they showed it in the movie there. Um, it's, uh, they call it the devil's eye and it's in a church in rome in downtown rome i've Mm -hmm. been there i've been in the same one um it's in the um what the fuck is it angels and demons no or the other one the other one tom hanks when the first time he's over there yeah and they go in it's the uh it's the parthenon not the pantheon it's the parthenon
3: i i'm i I, okay (laughs) and it's got the the
2: oculus in the center of it and he said look at this and he said look at the um if you look at the trusses that are used to construct that it the trusses architecturally don't make any sense because normally a truss when it goes over an expanse it gets bigger meaning wider taller he said if you look at the trusses that are up there they get smaller as they go up towards the hole Mm -hmm. how did they do that the roof in there is over 40 feet tall How the fuck do they do that? Mm -hmm. Man's good. We are good at doing shit. We are not good at doing shit like that. No. No, no. The only way I could even think of it and this guy, whoever thought of doing it would have had to put earth inside it, bury the inside of it, build the roof around the earth, and then build the trusses to hold the roof. Once you started removing the earth. But think about the thought process that it would go to take to build that. Mm. It's weird because there's a a perfect hole at the top of the roof Mm. where you would think you would find like a keystone, something that would hold the whole structure together. Or was it an energy generator? There's nothing there. Mm. How weird is that shit? Mm -hmm.
3: Anyway. We'll play the next, what's the next video?
2: The millennial kingdom of God. The concept of the millennial kingdom. Here we go. for all our lurkers out there. You really have to watch this one. Um, this is one you've got to go to Rumble, go to Twitch, go to any of the other ones, the videos in here. I'm going to put the music back on. Okay. I'm going to let it play again. But I, I'm just saying for any of the lurkers out there, <clears throat> this is one you want to watch because there are some ridiculous buildings that they're showing right now. And you you have to ask the question, watching it. How do we do that? How did we do it?
3: What were we thinking? How did man do that? What
2: part of this was mankind? Mm hmm. <laughs> cool in here that i want to bring you back to something i want you to see okay this is really fucking cool if you don't know about this then let me educate educate you i gotta find
3: the so part really quick and you guys are bringing it up all in right. the chat over here that the thing that they all have in common all cylinders cones circles right the arches in all the buildings, they use arches. And honestly, when we, when we came, we went looking for a new house because we'd been in our house for 17 years when we moved. Um, I fell in love with this house because of the arches because all the in the, in the main part of the house is all arches and the ceilings are all wood. And the energy is just, is phenomenal. Like the energy flow through the house. It's so, it's so welcoming. It's so, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it, every every place else, like all the architecture now, is all so boxy. It's all it's not conducive of of a good flow.
2: So something I want you to uh, pay attention to. This is um, in Sicily. This is atop one of the churches that Saint Peter used to preach at. Okay this was done by michelangelo he was commissioned by the vatican to do a grand total of three statues and he was t- his orders that he was given was i want them i want you to see or i want to see what you see god or how you see god or that there of his angels all of his statues came out in gold Mm-hmm pretty fucking crazy, right? Michelangelo, every single one of his statues came out in gold, right? So check this out, all right? And then remember, Michelangelo also did just the most, you know, the biggest Catholic painting that everybody looks at. Everybody says, oh, that's Catholicism. And um, it's way back here, I think. It's in the start here. And it's from the top of St. Peter's Basilica Mm -hmm. right there. And his picture of God is right there. It's just gold. It's just gold. Mm -hmm. So when, if somebody ever asks you, like, where did we get the idea that angels and people were gold? It really came from Michelangelo. He was the one who saw this is how he viewed God. Well, according to him,
3: your source is, is a, is gold. Like your connection to, to source is gold.
2: I I just, it's a golden light. It's crazy when you see that. And then you see that the three fucking statues that he was commissioned to build, Mm -hmm. they were all golden statues. And they are only three that sit atop. One sits atop, uh, uh, where St. Peter is buried. Um, I forget the name of the building that is at the Vatican. Uh, One sits in Sicily, and the other one sits in England. Mm
6: -hmm.
2: And they're the only three golden statues that Michelangelo ever built, or was ever commissioned by the Vatican to build, I should say.
3: Craziness. It's gorgeous.
2: Anyway, stupid shit that I learned. All right. Useless knowledge.
3: Not so useless.
1: How can we be certain that the history we have been taught is completely true? Or that societies evolved as our culture has taught us they did? Independent researchers from all around the world are shedding new light on this topic and the mystery gets deeper every day. Did the planet once host highly developed civilizations? We are fascinated by the past and its mysteries. From presumed lost continents to ancient cities with impossibly stunning architecture. But it's crucial to have an objective view of the evidence that can be uncovered to distinguish between fact and fiction. With this in mind, what if we told you that there was an empire greater than Britain and greater than Rome? And what if this empire has largely been forgotten in the throes of history? Tartaria was the name of a pre-Mongolian empire that began in northern Asia before spreading throughout the entire northern hemisphere. According to legend, the Tartarian Empire prospered and may have used advanced technologies such as free energy, developed cutting edge multifaceted systems, and built the most opulent and astounding architecture. Online researchers have been perplexed by the Tartarians as they delve through historical maps from as far back as the 15th century and beyond. The Tartarian theory is currently seen as though the history of human societies and culture has been purposefully obscured. Online study, and to a large degree, speculation on this topic has led researchers to develop some intriguing theories and points of view. There is an important point that we will reiterate throughout this series. We will be talking about the actual Tartarian Empire at times, but also about the Tartarian Old World Theory, which is multifaceted and doesn't always have to do with the Tartarian Empire. It is important to distinguish the difference between the Tartarian Empire and the Tartarian theory as they overlap, but are not exclusive of each other. Keep this in mind as we take you down the rabbit hole. One of the oldest mentions of Tartaria dates back to 1252 when Giovanni de Pian del Carpine wrote the book. The story of the Mongols whom we call the Tartars. In the very first chapter, he describes very vividly the details about Tartaria including the landscape, the people, the culture, and even waging war against them. It is important to note that, in the first chapters of this book, the inhabitants of Tartary are described in a different way from that of a highly advanced society of the past. It is mentioned, for example, that the climatic conditions of the Tartary region were very harsh for the sustenance of life. Furthermore, that the inhabitants of Tartary, although they were friendly among themselves, showed hostility with those who were not part of the empire. The fact that Tartaria is also the source of the Greek term Tartarus is significant and intriguing. The Tartarian Empire is thought to have been buried and eradicated. I,
2: I, I think that part's interesting. Yeah. Because think about the Mongols. Think about the way the Mongols were always described. The Mongols are blonde. Mongolian hordes, mm-hmm. they stood seven foot tall. Mm-hmm. If you read any of the historical accounts about the Mongolian hordes, you know, under fucking, um, oh, what's his nuts? They were like seven, eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. Those guys, like, were no joke. Yeah. You didn't fuck with them, not because they were small, because they were huge and they would fucking crush you. Yeah. Think about this, too. Everybody laughs about... The movie, The 300. We have jokes about it. mm
3: mm-hmm.
2: Think about what the 300 with withstood at the gates.
3: And the size of the enemy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Think about what Xerxes was to how tall mm-hmm. they said Xerxes was. Oh, yeah. Xerxes was like fucking eight, nine feet tall. Yeah. He towered over Leonidas. mm mm-hmm. Towered over it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm. Just wondering.
3: Okay. Hmm.
2: And it kind of fits. Hmm.
3: It's weird. Lindsay, there is a whole th- a theory as well that, um, the Chinese did not build the great wall of China. We, I think we might get to that. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, it's that- in this video. Okay. All right. Then I think it's keep, in this video. I think so too. Let's keep, keep your going. mouth shut.
1: Cated during a cataclysm like a mud flood, which is why the Greeks used the term Tartarus to refer to the underworld where lost souls spend eternity. The Tartarians, or Tartars, were an indigenous people who, at some point in history, were united into a large society that eventually developed into a great empire with a global reputation. According to legend, the Tartarians were exceptionally tall people, with some possibly standing 8 to 12 feet tall on average. To our modern average height of only about 6 feet, they would have been giants. This leads us to some important questions. Why were they completely wiped off the map? What happened to this great empire? It is said to have been possibly a single country split into to multiple different smaller civilizations. These include Petite Tartary, Eastern Tartary, Chinese Tartary, and even Russian Tartary. There are multiple examples of old maps showing huge swaths of land with depictions of big cities throughout the empire. Where did these cities go and what kind of technology did they use to build highly articulate architectural structures? We can see all kinds of antiquitech on these buildings. What were the true purpose of these spires on top of old buildings? The theory suggests that they were used to tap into free energy in the ether. Internet researchers have been making some wild claims. But one of the most interesting is that many of the modern cities we inhabit today were here long before us at some point as speculators have mentioned our modern society showed up and began to inhabit them perhaps the orphans of the 1800s were sent to north america to inhabit the empty cities was there already a major societal reset and we don't even know it were horse and buggy societies of years ago truly capable of building some of these architectural marvels? These may not even be in Europe, but can be as far east as Asia and even in North America. Perhaps a better way of putting it is that the civilization of Tartary is literally the civilization buried under us. As the Greeks would have put it, Tartary literally meant the underworld. There are legends about creatures of enormous height and physical prowess in this theory. They were not quite homo sapiens, but they are in virtually every ancient society. The giants. It is interesting to compare the average heights that these races of giants allegedly possessed. In all of the ancient legends, the giants are exterminated from the earth following a global catastrophe that wipes out their culture and some signs of their transit across the globe. This is another distinguishing feature of the analysis of the giants. We can take a look at old architecture from around the world. Were some of these buildings and cathedrals really built for six? Foot-tall humans. Doors look like they were designed for giants. Great halls. And places of worship with ceilings so high it would be unimaginable to build something like that today for the price of the time. The doors at Santa Cruz would seem to be built for something we haven't seen on this world at all. Why would the architects do this? Was it really our society that built these structures? Did this ancient society have a bigger reach around the globe than we may have originally thought? There are countless examples of very similar symbols, architecture, maps, and general knowledge that can be found in impossible locations across the globe. The similarities can be found before humans were known to even travel such large distances. How did this knowledge move around the world so quickly? Why can we find examples of this in so many different places today? As the theory goes, the old world empire had technology not known to us and were far more advanced than we think. Throughout the 19th century there, we are a number of world's fairs in the modern era. Whether in Europe or North America, most people have heard of world's fairs. What was their intended purpose, though? As internet researchers have noted, these world's fairs were unbelievably expensive for the time who foot the bill for these feats of construction. According to history, it was mostly private business owners that paid to build hundreds of structures and buildings in these world's fairs. Take the Centennial Exposition of 1876 in Philadelphia. The main building itself enclosed a jaw dropping 21.5 acres of space. It measured 464 feet by 1880 feet long. Would anyone build such a structure these days only to tear it down Yes, they were temporary buildings, and eventually most were torn down. What's so intriguing about this is why would profit-oriented business barons be interested in spending fortunes to build huge cities' worth of temporary buildings? As one online researcher put it, these buildings were so extravagant they cost a fortune to build, but generally, according to history, hundreds of them were built within only a year or two. This would be astounding by today's standards. Further, these huge and expensive world's fairs were all operated at a loss. If society still had these today, who would pay for it? Do these buildings look temporary? What really is strange is that there aren't many photos of the construction of these world's fairs. Mostly, only deconstruction photos. Apparently, many people attended these. You can look at the population of some of the cities they were built in at the time, and it was only a few thousand people. Why would they do this for only a few thousand people? Who had the skills to build these structures in a horse and buggy society? Is it possible that the orphan trains and boats of the 19th century were used to populate the New World? As some researchers have claimed, the cities already existed, and if populated by orphans, Humanity would essentially suffer a collective memory loss. Even insane asylums at the time were overboard for the populations they served. Were there an abundance of people that needed to go to insane asylums? The architecture for these places, just as in previously mentioned locations, is over and above what would be required for an insane asylum. We do believe that there was a great union of tribes of common origin, which ended up inhabiting a large area of land, and, whether they were unified in an empire, they surpassed, the size of any other. Among some of the details concerning the theory, it is mentioned, for example, that the great structures of the Tartars that worked through the ether and that fed their cities are currently used by the great world elites as museums, castles of royalty and religious sanctuaries, And this would be the reason why these places transmit changes in the energetic vibration of the people who... In actuality, if there were any remnants of Tartarian technology and knowledge, they were deliberately hidden. But is it really that easy to hide so much evidence? Did the so-called mud flood occur worldwide? Was the level of the mud from the flood the same in all the regions that it occurred? What happened to the giant inhabitants of Tartary? We will try to summarize some of the latest research in this topic to get a better understanding of our hidden history. Stay tuned for more next time. If you like this video, hit the thumbs up icon. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell icon to get notifications for new videos.
2: Uh, I love how they play in the background. Did you hear the music? Hmm. It's... Uh, what, um, not. Uh, it, it's... Um, it's dire straits
3: the Uh, intro to um or maybe dire straits took it from wherever they got it from maybe i don't anyway we do have the next video in this this particular series coming up here because i like that guy um but yeah, he
2: doesn't say it retarded like the <laughs> ones you were listening to.
3: Oh man, they, these the British guys can't say Tartaria correctly, and it say tartary. It tartary. It's, 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 it's Tartary. It's tartary. It's no, Tartary.
2: No, it's not. You
3: fucking retarded Even
2: I can read it. Tar-tar-tar, if I can read it, you should be able to read
3: it. <laughs> Sometimes accents annoy him. <laughs> tartary. I'd like to welcome you to
2: Tartary. Okay, we're going to take a class in Tartary. Yes. How did we become more tartary? Because okay. we're a bunch of tarts
3: here uh, in England. Where does the series come from? Actually, everything today uh, I got off YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All YouTube stuff. So, time for a little musical interlude. So, uh, again, for all of you that are lurking out there, this is... Um, Definitely a C show. Yes, a you got to watch video thing. Um, but uh, heavy watching on this yes. one. Yes. So pull up your Lube. rumble,
2: pull up your other thing, just so you can see some of the pictures. And then at the same time, you know,
3: pack your shit up. Yeah, you might as well. Yes, it's almost it's almost smoke thirty. Yeah,
2: get ready because it's coming, folks. So, Hey, real quick, look at this. Check this out. I, I I saw this before. Mm -hmm. First of all, you got to ask, how did we build that? Just, you got to wonder because those are clouds, folks. That's a building below it. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a church here. This is, first of all, I've been on this bridge. This is a walking bridge that crosses the Thames. Mm-hmm. That's the Thames below you yep, right there. I've been on that. It's of times. one of the most highly trafficked bridges in all of England. Mm-hmm. Um, there's close to, uh, they believe there's close to 3,000 3, footsteps on that bridge per hour, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea of how highly trafficked that bridge is. Uh, but Part of it, it is in England here, so I'm I'm glad that they stayed in England the whole time, but <clears throat> there is a church here I want you all to take a look at, and it's a crazy one. And it is fucking absolutely nuts. Let's, let's get to it. Here it is. It's coming up. All right. There it is. Where is it? Get to it. Oh, there it is. All right. So this is... This is... uh. um, St. What is it? Barnabas. I want to say it's Barnabas. It's on the Thames. It's in England.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: Now, there's a stone they don't show you here. Okay. There's a stone right up here in this corner. Okay. The whole fucking church teeters on that stone. 280 million pounds is the estimated weight on the stone in which the whole church sits and doesn't go into the river.
3: How does that happen?
2: How is that possible?
3: How do we build that? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. People just we have didn't. to wonder. I've I'm been there before.
2: You. I've been to this church before. I've been on this river before. <clears throat> it's a thing. You go out there and you touch the rock that the whole church sits on.
3: How did the, how did we do that? And again you know Who we told us to do that We take these things for granted you know it, especially in Europe and maybe maybe not so much we Americans because the first time you go to Europe and you you look at that architecture like you look at those buildings you're like you're absolutely amazed because we're so new but people that are born there that are that grew up there they, they take it for granted that's it's just what it's always been.
2: Remember, and I I know a lot of you don't, but your history, one of the big things about history that we have to remember is, remember the White House burned down once before. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I I took the guys who burnt the White House down the first time. Their
3: unit, the ancestors of them, yes.
2: I took them back for the first time.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: One of the things I never realized about that is, do you know that the White House The original grounds, the original thing that was lost to the fire that this unit did to the White House, was rebuilt within a year. How?
3: How? How is that possible?
2: How exactly? How is that possible? Hmm. Rebuilt within one year with, and we were still horse and buggies at the time.
3: Yeah. How do? How do you just get all of the material there within a year? And you know,
2: hold, hold hold your horses, because you know what, I'm I'm sorry.
3: We've mm, fallen down this rabbit hole with mm, me now. I yeah. gotcha.
2: No, no. <laughs> life life was a lot different then. Uh-huh. And there's something we have to equate here. Okay? <clears throat> Cause once again, I, I get to say this with all sincerity, because it's something my father said and it's something I'm sure his father said, and I'm sure that this is carried down through the, the ages. Back then we didn't have little things like this. Mm-mm. Back then we didn't have dumb boxes. We didn't have TVs. Back then you had the family. You had your family. You had your Bible. You went to work. You went to church. It's what you did. You didn't come home and watch TV. You came home and you mended the fence in the farm. You took care of something back in the day when we were more productive as a society. Instead, we've gotten dumbed down by technology.
3: We say that knowledge is at our fingertips, but we've lost more knowledge than we've gained. Uh, I
2: I used to, I used to laugh because people would say, especially in the firefighting bit, um, people would describe me as someone who's forgotten more about firefighting than you'll ever learn your whole entire life. And Because that's what my drive, you know, when I get set on something, I go all the way. There's no in-between for me. There's no point in doing something unless you're going to overdo it. So I've always been that way. That's been like one of my
3: driving. If you're going to do it half-assed, just don't bother.
2: Yeah, I've always done it all the way. And I'll always learn as much as I can to learn about something that I need to know about. And it was something with firefighting everybody said, you'll forget more. He's forgotten more than you'll ever learn. But that's not a joke. There's a lot of, think about what we don't share with our kids. Think about what you don't share with your kids. Think about what your grandparents didn't share with you. What have we forgotten as a society that we knew years ago?
3: My family has literally spent years trying to put together, put back together my grandmother's um, apple strudel recipe that was handed down from my great grandmother or my actually my great grandfather, etc. Uh, but no one ever wrote it. She didn't write it down. I, I, I we just, all grew up watching her make it, but we never wrote it down. But the point is,
2: is that that's the way shit was taught back in the day. You watched people do things and then you did them. Mm-hmm. I learned how to live my life by watching my father. Now I get it. There are some guys out there. They don't have a father. That's right. You don't have a father, mm-hmm. but you know what you all have? There is a strong male role model in every single person's life. It's not, I owe everybody says, well, it's all, all about the way you were raised. I say, no, I, I disagree. It's about what you choose to learn. It's a, exactly. It's all about what you choose to learn
3: you can you can learn more with a free library card than you can at a hundred thousand dollars university. It's just about what you put into it
2: and, and a lot of people it, it, it's like well we we forgot to do like the work. We've forgotten to do the work part of it. I, I think.
3: That's where our administration's at right now. It's all optics. There's no work.
2: I I think right now, we in America, we have lost the sweat off our brow, the sweat on our back. We have lost the idea of what it is to be blue collar. I'm doing for ourselves. There's a lot of motherfuckers out here that will argue with me and say, motherfucker, I go to work every day. So do I. I go to work every day. I do the same thing. What I mean by the, we've lost what it means to be blue collar. What I'm saying by that in our country, as a people, we take for granted We're, everybody that goes to work
3: Monday through Friday, much like me and you. Or Monday through Saturday, because most work weeks are six days.
2: Yeah, normally they're six days long. So people have lost what that means. We have lost that that should be something that you can come home, look at your wife and kids and say, I made a paycheck today. It, it's gotten to the point, though, it feels like, and I got it and I'm just speaking for myself. It feels like if you don't fuck somebody, you know, you remember back in the day you went to work, you did a good job, you brought home a good paycheck, you felt good about yourself nowadays it feels like i go to somebody's house i'm there to fix your garage door but i'm also there to fuck you over as hard as i can because if i see something else that's fucking broken i'm gonna bring it up and i'm gonna say hey look i can charge you three times the amount that it could actually take you to fix it but you've got me here now so i'm gonna charge you that amount you feel i feel dirtier doing shit like that than going to somebody's house they said hey look this is broken and i can't fix it and then fixing it for them.
3: It was like when. Um, so I take the dogs for a walk. I've been training Annie off leash. We got her the the shock collar, which is amazing. Right. I think we've shocked her maybe twice. She does. She's the beep. She's she's good. So off leash, we go down the road um, and we live in a very quiet community. So it's no big deal having the dogs off leash. And, uh, there's a house down the street that I told you guys about this. That is a huge orange tree and a huge grapefruit tree. And there's just fruit all over the ground. And, you know, I took some fruit whatnot and I was like, oh, I'm going to go and offer them some eggs. They've got some kids toys in the yard I, and I know they're older, so it's their grandkids. Um, so I went by yesterday and the gentleman was home. Annie of course went in the back cause she loves their dogs. And, uh, they have an open yard, they have an invisible fence. So,
2: and they get a huge fucking mm-hmm. sign on the
3: front door or
2: on their garage door that says, let's go Brandon. <laughs> that's true too.
3: So that's uh, a
2: nice help. So it's a good help to he, know that you're walking into. Came, so
3: he came, he came out the back door to see what the dogs were carrying on about. And he saw me and I was like, Hey, you know, since you're here, I was like, I'm sorry for intruding, you know, getting the dogs. Um, and, uh, I said, but you know, since you're here, I, I wanted, I wanted to ask if I could pick your extra fruit and bring you some eggs. Uh, you know, I've got the chickens down the road and, and he said, Oh, pick as much as you want. You don't need to bring me eggs. Yes, I do. I I see you've got kids toys in the yard. You know, I'm sure you can, oh, they're my grandkids. Well, great. I'm sure you can use some eggs. I mean, everybody could use some eggs. Um, I'm not going to just take the fruit because that's, that's just not right. If I have something to give and trade, then I'm going to do that because otherwise I'm just stealing, even though he gave me permission.
2: Well, it's. I I just, I remember like when everything has become so muddled down because what is it? It's all about money. Everything is about money. Everything comes down to money.
3: I had 18 grapefruit and a dozen oranges and still more to pick sitting on our counters right now for a dozen eggs. And there was no money exchanged, but you know.
2: The reason I bring this up is because think about back then, think about Tartaria. What do you want to bet? They didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. What do you want to bet? They Since didn't work Jesus on that type of, tables.
3: uh, yeah, they use the barter system
2: and you look at what they built. Mm-hmm. How can you build something like that?
3: Mm-hmm. Because they all came together and, and they, they did it together as and, a
2: community. Yeah. Think about barn raising. Look at, go up to the Amish. Mm-hmm. They do barn raising. If you're a new member in the community, the whole community comes together to build your house. It's crazy. It sounds stupid, but wait a minute. The whole co- community now has an invested interest in you being a prop, prop, prosperous member of the community. Think about it. I, I don't know why we don't do that. Eggs are nine ninety nine, New York City. Yeah, I saw Holy that. Holy shit! That's
3: insane. Yep hey scroll up a little bit i've not heard of mark passio but thank you for sharing that channel because i'll what I'll, is this uh have you heard on, of mark
2: Pasio? what He's, on earth is happening what on earth is happening ton of good information really okay we'll hey it up. we we hey if you guys know shit like that throw it out there we'll look it up there's nothing
3: and there's one over here too uh mech, that? mech asked have you ever watched new earth by sylvie no it, it's on there go down uh new earth by sylvie Ivanova, you know, I, I think I've watched, uh, something of hers before. Cause I know the name, um, Ivanova sounds very familiar. Yeah. Oh,
2: I, yes. I think I've, I've heard her too. But I,
3: I didn't fall into bit shoot cause I'd still be there. So yeah. has so much, <laughs> but anyway, um, let's keep going because we do have a hard stop at four o'clock. So I want to try and get through this.
2: Well, this is another video. Yes, so, I know. Are we doing the break or are we doing, what are um, we doing
3: We'll do the video first and then we'll do the break. All right. All right. Okay, real quick, I'm sorry. But in all these paintings, just keep playing it and just turn it down. Look at this. How come in every painting everywhere, Jesus always looks the same? You ever notice that? Jesus, across the world, Jesus always looks the same.
8: Hello, and welcome back to my channel. In this video, we knew I'm going he to like? simply ask the question, like, for if a Jesus Christ years? was a king here on earth for a continuous 1,000 years, then what type of evidence might exist that portrays him in this role? As I began researching our past from the perspective of the new timeline, I had the thought that if the enemy was going to hide the evidence of Jesus Christ living here on earth for 1,000 years, he might obscure this evidence by dividing Jesus Christ into a series of different characters, giving him different names, and saying that he lived normal human lifespans. Occasionally, I would see various men from history that seem to resemble the man we know as our Savior, but in the role of a king. But first, can we confirm what Jesus Christ truly looked like? I feel that his general appearance can be based off of the multitude of masterful works of art that have survived from the kingdom era. I've done my best to include only genuine period pieces in this presentation. I believe that many of these epic masterpieces may have been created by people in their glorified bodies, also known as the saints. At the very least, this is the general image of him that was reproduced over and over during the kingdom of God. My favorite example is this depiction of Christ, called the Altar of Transfiguration, You would think that this work of art is among the most masterful paintings ever created, but you would be mistaken, for this work of art is actually a glass mosaic. It stands about 20 feet tall and is located inside St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. While it may be difficult to ever know for sure, I lean very strongly towards this work being constructed by a saint or a team of saints, as this work appears to be beyond the faculties of a normal human being especially before the age of computers. While there are some nice mosaics made in our modern age, a work of this caliber has never been matched. The fact that this work of art is actually a mosaic is heavily downplayed, and it was difficult for me to find more close-up photos. This is the only one I could find. There's also an exquisite painting of the same scene that I would imagine served as the prototype. It is considered by some to be the finest oil painting of all time. Here we have another similar mosaic depicting the baptism of Jesus. There are several more of these mosaics throughout the basilica. There is no doubt in my mind that these works were created during the messianic reign, and it is my opinion that these works were created by saints. I feel that whoever created these works was not missing much in terms of major details. I have compiled a short slideshow of paintings of famous kings who closely resemble the man we know as our Savior, who has been consistently portrayed in countless works of art all throughout his own kingdom. I'm not saying all of these figures are genuinely Jesus Christ. We may never know the answer. If anything, this is to open your mind to the idea that Jesus Christ and the more notable saints who lived here on earth for 1,000 years straight may now be broken up into a series of separate characters, given different names, and then are said to have lived normal human lifespans. Furthermore, evidence of Jesus Christ in his role as king can also be conflated with genuine characters from the time. While researching this topic, I looked into many noble figures from history who often have an array of different portraits associated with them, which oftentimes look nothing alike. After taking the time to research particular individuals from the past, it's even more apparent to me that our historical record is a mess, and some things we may never get to the bottom of. I hope you enjoy the following slideshow. It's only food for thought, so please take it with a grain of salt. It will be followed by a little ode to our Lord and His amazing kingdom. Thanks for watching, and I hope this finds you well.
3: Hugh Capet, King of the Franks, Louis VII, King of the Franks, Stephen I or King Saint Stephen, the first king of Hungary, Ferdinand II, King of Leon, interesting. Henry III, King of England, Lord of Ireland and Duke of Aquitaine. Alaric, king of Jerusalem. Casimir III, the great king of Poland, king of Russia. And a few confirmed depictions of Jesus Christ as king. Hmm.
2: it goes without saying yes so inappropriate Mm -hmm. yeah but those are hard that was hard men doing hard shit just not in a gay way
3: you sure yeah
2: just not in a gay way
3: (laughs) oh wow all right but think about it
2: Mm -hmm. fucking those churches are amazing what the fuck is wrong with us? What? Why can't we do that anymore? Mm. Why can't we send somebody to but the moon? That's a we very, used to be able to do that in
3: the 60s. That's a very interesting theory that various kings over the thousand year millennial reign of Christ were actually Jesus. Or could have been. In a different name, using a different name. I don't
2: know, a couple of them. <laughs> I'm sorry the, the the French kings, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. There, there was some shit going on there that wasn't supposed to be going on. Just because we didn't see war on this part of the hemisphere, or this part of the world, doesn't mean that there wasn't war going on throughout the world. Or
3: so we were, so we've been told. Or so we've been led to believe. So we've been. This taught. is true it, because the best. What would be all right? It, put put your mind in this theory as we smoke this. Okay. Open your mind. Open your, your pineal gland here. Okay. Here, you start. And I'll talk. A scary thought. Okay, right? So if Christ really did recur- return already, and he did reign for a thousand years, and at the end of his millenni- millennial reign, Satan was released from the pit, as is prophesied, and he has rule over the planet for a short period of time which it just is a short period of time we don't know how long that's for right (laughs) would he not want to do everything he could to erase that thousand year millennial reign both at the macro and the micro level both from architectural standpoint to right down to the nuclear family wouldn't the first thing he do would be to come in and eliminate all the executive orders that jesus put into play Wouldn't he change history? Wouldn't he make you believe that we've been at war forever?
2: It, it's a theory.
3: That there has never been peace? I'm just thinking. Just just thinking.
2: It, it's a theory. And what was the greatest trick the devil ever did? Making you believe he didn't exist. Convincing mankind that he didn't exist. That is the greatest trick the devil's ever pulled.
3: Maybe the greatest trick the devil's pulled ever pulled is making mankind believe that Jesus didn't return What would
2: be worse? Mm. That's a rough one Mm. Mm. It's
3: an interesting conundrum
2: The things you talk about when you're stoned And
3: smoking a ball You know? Hmm. <laughs> so then what timeline are we in um we're in the we're in the the, I heard little... the
2: greatest chick was shooting ping pong balls from his <laughs> vagina
3: we're in the there's we're, a
2: possibility of her in a little
3: time of trouble
2: but we wouldn't be though because we'd be outside of that already we'd already be in the great time of trouble
3: we're in the big time of trouble a yeah. little time because i was told the little little time, time, time of trouble passes it. in the blink of an eye it's already done
2: holy shit that that is really funny that you just said that, Dearkin. I'm giving you props. I'm not laughing, but I'm giving you props because that is hysterical. It's pretty excellent, actually. I like it. I, I I think that's worth a laugh. Okay, actually, that's worth one of these, Dearkin. You got it, sir. Mm-hmm. Thunder, thunder,
0: thunder, thunder Get the fuck hum- out of here! Oh! Oh!
6: <laughs> anyway,
2: yeah, you did see the uh which i thought was interesting in the last video um there was the picture of the angel um and this was um <laughs> which is crazy but one of the leonardo's um bigger uh sculptures that he did for the vatican um you saw it it's the one that sits on top of saint peter's it's the one that has all the angels around the top of saint peter's and there's one on the top and mm-hmm. he's holding out a crown and he holds out a spear the spear is gold and the crown is gold yep a lot of people ask a lot of questions about that one and the angel is copper so the angel is now green Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people ask a lot of questions about that one and i'm amazed that a lot more americans don't ask a lot of questions about that one it's almost as if an angel is trying to crown another king Hmm. And I've often asked the same question because it does look that way, as if it almost was depicted like the king's already come and gone. We're looking for another one.
3: Mm -hmm. We're waiting for his return, for his final return.
2: And uh, really crazy to see stuff like that. Always.
3: What's the next one? I have no idea. Let's see. It's a timeline. Ooh, okay. This is, I think. This is two. timeline prediction. Oh, deception. Deception. Timeline deception. This is where the
2: thousand years disappears. Mm-hmm.
8: Boom. Hello and welcome back to my channel. In this video, I'll go over the timeline I've created, which I now believe to be a more accurate representation of human history and our place within it. This timeline will portray an interpretation of biblical eschatology called preterism. Preterism is defined by the idea that all or most biblical prophecies have already been fulfilled, which includes the tribulation and the second coming of Christ. The vast majority of modern-day preterists have mainly come to this conclusion based on scriptural and historical evidence, and aren't yet aware of the large amount of additional evidence compiled by the alternative history community. By combining all of this data together, I believe a very sound case is made for the timeline deception theory. So let's get into the first slide. I'll be unveiling parts of the timeline as we go. I'll try not to get into too much detail along the way, as every little part can be dissected and made into its own video, so I'll try to be as generalized as possible. There may be an updated version in the future as new information comes to light. So the first major event in human history is of course the creation of the first humans, Adam and Eve. It seems like the Earth itself is probably older than this event, However, we can say that our history as human beings on the earth begins with Adam and Eve. This part of the timeline is when most events of the Bible took place. I'm not sure how many years this is, but if mankind is 6,000 years old, a figure that has been extrapolated from genealogy records in the Bible, then this portion of history may be approximately 5,000 years. I'm not completely sure about how truly accurate that number is, but it's not that important right now. I won't be adding any biblical events to this part of the timeline, instead I'll only be characterizing this period in time by the fact that Satan was free to roam the earth. The next part of the timeline is the birth of Jesus, and 33 years later, the next major event occurs, which is his death and subsequent resurrection, Now we get to the portion that radically departs from the timeline of human history that most believe. Here we have the Great Tribulation kicking off just 30 years after the death of Jesus. This event that most people believe to be right around the corner today appears to be well into our past. When we read the New Testament with a new mindset, It becomes clear that Jesus repeatedly told his disciples that the events known as the Great Tribulation would be happening within their lifetimes and not 2,000 years in the future. Here are a few key verses. In Matthew, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Again Jesus said, But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. And in Matthew, after Jesus describes the tribulation and its end, he goes on to say, Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. The Great Tribulation and the Battle of Armageddon Events in our history that were too big to sweep under the rug are disguised in our history books as the fall of the Roman Empire, culminating in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Of course the dates we are given for these events are out of order, which is to purposely deceive us. We are told that the fall of the Roman Empire gradually happened over the course of hundreds of years, when in reality... Most, or perhaps even all of it, may have happened quickly in Jesus' day and culminated in the Tribulation. If you're aware of how severely our historical record has been tampered with, then this shouldn't sound too outlandish. So where was the mysterious figure known as the Antichrist in all of this? Well, there seems to be plenty of evidence already compiled by even mainstream sources indicating that Emperor Nero fits the bill of the Antichrist described in Revelation. A quick internet search will yield numerous sources that have already correlated the biblical figure known as the Antichrist to the historical figure known as Emperor Nero. I'll probably make a more detailed video about this someday, but in the meantime you should have no trouble finding resources that back up this claim. As most of us already know, the Tribulation is a horrible calamity that lasts seven years, where an Antichrist figure rises up and deceives many, while unmercilessly persecuting those who refuse to submit to him and choose Jesus Christ. At the end of the Tribulation, Jesus comes down out of heaven, an event that is known as the Second Coming. Satan, the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth briefly try to go to war with Jesus, but they have
2: Something I want you to all think about right now, Hmm. take this and just stick this in the back of your nugget. This is food for thought. Does this not sound familiar?
3: Like what I talked about a couple weeks ago? Okay.
2: Apply everything you're hearing to now and tell me if any of this sounds familiar
3: history repeats itself are immediately defeated
8: satan and the antichrist are sent to hell and all of the mortals who were on the side of evil were killed by the sword of jesus the people who believed in christ but survived the tribulation will continue forward in their natural bodies into what is called the messianic reign or millennial kingdom of christ now that everyone has been sorted out. What immediately follows is an event called the First Resurrection. This is where all of those who believed in Christ and died during the short time between Jesus' ministry and the end of the Tribulation are resurrected and given new bodies. This includes martyrs and all others who died of any other cause even before the Tribulation started. In 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul wrote, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And in Revelation chapter 20, the apostle John prophesied that he saw thrones, and they sat on them, and the ability to judge was given to them. Then he saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus, and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years.
2: Let me say one thing real quick, Hmm. just because I want to go back to this. And I don't want to skip it. This is very... For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel.
3: Mm -hmm. And with the trumpet of God.
2: Which archangel?
3: Mm, Gabriel.
2: The only one.
3: He brings the message.
2: He is the messenger of God.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He is known as the archangel, the messenger of God, mm-hmm. the only one that can listen or hear God other than Jesus. The only other one. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in the back of your mind with the backstory you already know of us. Mm-hmm. Because that, I think, is. Very scary when I read that. And that is in First Thess- Thessalonians. And when you skip forward and you apply that to this.
3: And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years
2: and that was in Revelations 24. Yeah. And this is the part that blows my mind. Ready for this one? <clears throat> what if we read the Bible wrong?
6: Hmm.
2: What if what we were reading, we, we figured out a way to put it in a way that we could repeat it? We put it in a way that we could write it down. We put it in a way that mankind could remember it and repeat it. Mm-hmm. But what if We looked at it the wrong way. What if what we were trying to do was give a date? Because if you do 20 plus 4, that's 24.
3: You go to 20 plus 3, which would be... 23, Revelation 23?
2: Yeah. And you go read that one, that sounds like what's going to happen this year.
3: Maybe. That's an interesting theory.
2: Just throwing it out there. Okay. I, I just, little things, just little things. What if we just looked at it wrong? What if it's not, what if it's supposed to be like more like 20 plus four? Like 24 years into Revelations, this is what happens. 25 years into Revelations, this is what happens. 26 years in Re- Revelations, this is
3: what happens. Um, I would go with that, except that we've been told that we've numbered things all wrong before this is true so we have been told that.
2: Mm-hmm. just wondering mm-hmm. throwing out their possibilities I
8: gotcha. all right was, and they sat on them and the ability to judge was given to them then he saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to jesus and for the word of god who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands and they lived and reigned with christ for a thousand years In Mark, Jesus said, For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Going forward, we have a new classification of beings who were once mortal humans like us, but have now received a new, eternal body that makes them like angels. This new body is often referred to as the glorified body. These people are often, but not always, depicted with a halo around their head. They will fulfill particular roles and duties in Christ's kingdom for the next 1,000 years. They are generally referred to as saints. I'll be making a more detailed video about this subject very soon. What unfolds is what we think of as our history, minus a bunch of stuff that has either been grossly misrepresented, or just never happened at all. From the start, Everyone goes to work creating a new civilization, presumably amongst the aftermath of the Great Tribulation. We see an explosion of creative energy in every area of life. What immediately emerges is a society dominated by Christian ethics and virtues. The people spend their days laboring in some way for God's kingdom. The people in their mortal bodies will now live longer lifespans and bear children as normal. The new people born into the kingdom now have the choice to accept or reject Christ. While it was the golden age of human history, it was in no way perfect, as mortal mankind in its fallen state still struggled with the problem of sin. It does appear that there were conflicts along the way, the true nature of which is unclear. We can see the rapid progress of the millennial kingdom through the general art and architecture. The Kingdom ended with what are the greatest achievements during what we call the Industrial Revolution. The Millennial Kingdom stretched out across the entire Earth, and that includes the founding of America from sea to shining sea. With Jesus Christ as a literal King on Earth, the people who got their glorified bodies ruled alongside of him as they occupied the higher offices of his government and fulfilled various other roles. These people, in their glorified bodies, have much higher capabilities than we do in our natural bodies, appearing to be able to interact with the physical and spiritual realms simultaneously. I believe that it is because of their handed things that we see incredible accomplishments across the board that have never been truly replicated since. If you've been researching Tartaria and seeing everything in our past in a brand new light, then all of this should make sense. I simply refer to parts of this epoch as early, middle, and late kingdom. This is a span of just 1,000 years and not 2,000 like we have been taught.
2: See, now I ask a question, okay? Do you have any of those people in your family or friends? Okay that have for uh like for instance like my brother he i I don't know how but he has this unique ability to always be in front of a camera where most of everybody in my family we stay away white cameras we avoid them we don't like Mm them um There's not a lot of pictures of us out there, but my younger brother, for whatever reason, he's got this innate ability to be directly in front of a fucking camera. Mm
3: -hmm. He was in a movie, actually.
2: There's a lot of people out there that always talk about how they're never on, they never get on camera, like they're never lucky, Mm -hmm. like they never are there when there's cameras around. And they consider this an innate. You know, this is horrible. I'm so... Un-. No, if anything, m- maybe you're one of those guys in history, like the rest of these folks you're talking about, that just never made it to the history books because they never wanted to be a part of it because of what they did or what they were a part of. Hmm. Maybe they're a part of something that's coming. Hmm. Maybe.
3: Keep going.
2: Just say.
8: So if you couldn't already guess, this isn't the period that we live in. Now we get to the part of the timeline that includes our modern world. When the thousand years end, Jesus and the saints go back up to heaven. To my current knowledge, the Bible doesn't actually mention anything about where they go, but I assume it's back up to heaven based on the state of the world we live in now. What it does mention is that Satan is loosed from his prison for a short period of time. The Bible does not tell us exactly how many years this period will last, only that it is a short time. Again in Revelation chapter 20, John wrote that an angel cast Satan into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. What happens next is the strangest and most perplexing part of all of this, which is the second resurrection. To my knowledge, there is only one Bible verse... That was
3: 23.
2: Mm, Yep. That was revelations 23. Mm. What did we just find this past year?
3: Mm. Well, I would say Satan was released on earth in 2020, but okay. But
2: 23 would be, but no, 23 is going to be this river that the, the four, the four angels, the Mm -hmm. archangels were cast down to.
3: No, I know. I don't know. The Euphrates. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Satan wasn't well. Okay. Keep, keep going
8: that mentions the second resurrection, calling those who take part in it simply, the rest of the dead. And again in Revelation chapter 20 it states, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. And it's important to understand the context of this part since the next line can be confusing. Now, if I had entertained the preterist view of the Bible before knowing anything about Tartaria, I would not know how to work the idea of a second resurrection into my worldview. This
2: event was. Hold on a second, because you just said something <laughs> that just smacked me in the mouth. Oh, what did you say? You the- said that the the devil was resurrected when? Hmm. In um. 90 something. Eighteen sixty. No, 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 no. You said just a minute ago that you thought that the. Yeah, but I thought that was more the antichrist in what 2000 2001
3: 2002.
2: I mean, if you or maybe maybe this. Look, read this Bible quote again real quick for me. Read that out loud.
3: What? And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast neither his image nor had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished
2: this is the first resurrection revelation 20, 20 plus 4 which would make 5. it 24 minus 5 so that would make it 2020
3: maybe Twenty plus four minus five is twenty twenty. Would be actually twenty nineteen,
2: which is when COVID was released. COVID was released on us. Maybe, just saying, because you just said that, and I was just like, wait,
3: hold on, because you just saw Uh, X Mariner. I'm with you there. That, That sounds like reincarnation to me. So, or but the rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. So. Um, that
2: means that they were so sinful They weren't allowed to walk amongst the living
3: No, that the original souls Weren't allowed to return until it was time For the final battle Hmm Hmm Because this is the first resurrection Hmm
2: Hmm Interesting Since the
3: next line can be confusing
8: Now, if I had entertained the Preterist view of the Bible before knowing anything about Tartaria, I would not know how to work the idea of a second resurrection into my worldview. This event would have to be in our past, and nowhere in our history books does it say that a large group of people came back to life one day. If we still believe the history that we've been given, there would be no way to realistically incorporate this idea into the Preterist narrative. However, After examining the multitude of anomalies in our past, I believe a connection can be made between this part of the Bible and what has already been deemed the reset. Thanks to everyone who has researched in the area of alternative history, a sizable amount of data has been collected that seems to indicate that a large group of people were inserted out of nowhere into a glorious pre-existing civilization. This seems to have happened around 1800 our time, give or take up to 50 years. A more precise...
2: The United States of America. Keep going. Yeah. How do you insert people? You create a new country. The United mm-hmm. States of America was born, and mm-hmm. holy shit!
3: And then all of a sudden, there was just tons of people here. Tons of people here. Yeah, you create a new country with some settlers from England, and then boom, you have a huge population. And, uh, and okay. you make
2: up these and stories about, like, hold on. For here's, instance, here's, here's the something. Irish. Oh, well, they just fuck like rabbits. No, 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 no that's no. not really true. Hold
3: on, hold on. So there's some, there's something, something else just cross hit me because, uh, I was listening to Dr. Merritt the other day, Dr. Lee Merritt. And she was saying, um, that, you know, population doesn't make any sense. Even like the census doesn't make sense. And I've said this too. If you do the math, if you look at the population numbers from like, um, from right after the, the quote unquote, uh, the Spanish flu, right. Um, In order for us to get to the population that we have today, based on the population that they said they had then, every single person on the planet would have had to have eight children between then and now. And and not only that. And that's not possible. So where did all the extra people come from? But wait a minute. Not only that, though,
2: you you have to go another step forward with this. You're thinking about it wrong even there. Because you have to go another step forward with it. Mm -hmm. Because... Then not only do they have to have eight children, but not, not only do they have to have eight children.
3: Trash friend, we'll get to the orphan trains.
2: But then on top of that, think about the wars. Mm-hmm. So
3: you have to quintuple. No, no, no. It, it's eight children based on the, calculating in the wars as well.
2: That can't, that can't because we lost more and Mm -hmm. more as, as warfare grew, it grew
3: more deadly. It's exponential. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true.
2: Exponential at what level? I mean, mean, at what time?
3: At what time? Eight times eight, you know, so 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 each war. But yeah.
2: It's not, though. It can't be because there was population booms within there. Mm -hmm. You have, there are population booms recorded in history. Mm -hmm. People got it on for a certain number of years. In yeah. history, yeah. We've, we've seen it. it. It can be explained. It, they call it the blooms. There's the blooms in history where population just went through the fucking roof. Mm-hmm. We didn't have warfare for a certain number of years. We didn't have any major diseases for a certain number of years. And population just went, it shit out everywhere. But then you get to those years where we had warfare for 10, 20. Like the
3: last hundred years? We've had nonstop warfare for the last hundred years. How do we have almost 8 billion people on the planet?
2: Great question. Mm
3: -hmm. All right, keep playing this.
8: Time frame has not yet been narrowed down. Many videos have been made while others out there have quietly spent many hours dissecting the earliest video and photographic evidence that is available. The general consensus is that there was something very peculiar going on at this time, and that the people generally seem like they don't quite belong amidst their surroundings. We have found photographs and footage that appear to be faked or staged. Suddenly, there is a multitude of displaced orphans of mysterious origins. We see children working in factories that were clearly never intended for them. We have learned about the creepy infantoriums where one could adopt a living infant from the amusement park. After examining historical records with a new mindset, it seems that a new group
2: of people were inserted out of nowhere. And, and literally, I'm going to add to this real quick because there's. Uh, I want to go back to this children thing because the, the inventory. No, 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 no. Hold on. Or the
3: infant, or the, or no, the orphan trains.
2: No, no, no. Hold on. I want to mm-hmm. go back to one part here. Okay, right yeah. here. Yeah. Now listen to me. <coughs> I, I've been to these factories in New York and mm-hmm. in. in downtown in downtown manhattan you can still take them there's uh the old child slave workplaces and it's a a tour they take you on and it's where they had kids working in these factories like this right Mm -hmm. now if you look at them right you can't see it here but there are when you actually go to these places there's a handle That's originally there for a full grown sized man. Like if I was standing there, I could grab this handle. Mm -hmm. But they show this picture of this kid who's 10 years old and he's barely up to my hips. And there's another handle welded on below it. So my question isn't about the kids. My question at the time in history, when this was taking place, there was no war going on. Where did the adults go?
3: Yeah. Where were all their parents? When I was doing research on this um, and I was when I got into the orphans, they 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 claim that they started the orphan trains out to the Midwest because they needed workers on the farms and there were 30,000 children on the streets of New York. Where the fuck did thirty thousand kids end up in the streets in New York? Where did
2: the Where did the? Adults where were the go? parents? Wait, no, there were obviously adults there at yeah, one point, exactly, because there's a handle welded above where the other handle was. So it would the machine was built for a full grown man. Mm-hmm. Yet there's a miniature handle that a child could grab and operate the machine my question is where did the person go that was standing there before the kid was put there and don't tell me that oh well they just found that kids they work cheaper no that's bullshit no they all died in a war what war there's a reason why the men disappeared. There's a reason why the people that were full size disappeared and the kids were in there. It's not because kids worked for cheaper dollars. It's because the men went somewhere. Where the fuck did the men go? That's a great question. All right, keep going. We're about right
8: there. Right there was something very peculiar going on at this time and that the people generally seem like they don't quite belong amidst their surroundings. We have found photographs and footage that appear to be faked or staged. Suddenly there is a multitude of displaced orphans of mysterious origins. We see children working in factories that were clearly never intended for them. We have learned about the creepy infantoriums where one could adopt a living infant from the amusement park. After examining historical records with a new mindset, it seems that a new group of people were inserted out of nowhere. At times, these new people appear to be picking up where a previous group left off. Without having most of the general knowledge I'm conveying in this video, we had already come to observe some type of reset of civilization that had been completely hidden from us, and we deemed these people as the new arrivals or the reset people. In addition to the anomalies in the people themselves, this period is also characterized by a miscellany of destructive events such as wars, fires, flooding, and so-called earthquakes. We had already suspected that a transfer of power took place, going from good to evil. Based on scriptural, historical, and physical evidence, I believe that the messianic reign ended, Satan was loosed from his prison, and the second resurrection all happened around the year 1800 our time, give or take up to 50 years. On a side note, there will be a part two of this video where I'll go over how I think the keeping of time truly works. So if you're confused about the discrepancy between the timeline we are given and the amount of time that I'm saying has actually passed, I'll do my best to explain that in part two. The last major biblical event left to occur.
3: No, I'm um, just, hit, which one is this? Is this Tataria decoded? I don't
2: rem- remember. It's the
3: timeline deception. The timeline deception. Okay, keep going. That's what we're in. We're in gotcha. the timeline deception. Okay, they're asking they're, in the
2: chat. They're asking about the timeline.
3: Yeah, so it's called the timeline deception. Deception. I'll, I'll post the link in the chat for you. Keep going.
2: It's also going to be on the- uh, The substack. Substack, yep. so if you wait for the substack, you'll see it in the substack. on this earth as
8: we know it is what is described as a final battle that god does not allow to fully escalate this event is immediately followed by final judgment which could be considered a third and final resurrection i think we can safely say that these events have not happened yet making these some of the only prophecies yet to be fulfilled And in Revelation chapter 20, John wrote that, When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven, and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. It seems like the people of earth will be assembled for this great battle, and a particular nation will be invaded. But just before the war truly breaks out, God will step in before all hell breaks loose. This is the final moment and concludes the great saga of the battle between good and evil on earth. What exactly is meant by Gog and Magog, or what is the camp of the saints and the beloved city, is up for interpretation. Now everyone who ever lived will be gathered for final judgment. Those who accepted Christ will be given their glorified bodies and become saints on God's new earth. Those who rejected him will be cast into the lake of fire. Now that everyone has been sorted out once again, God will recreate the earth and the heavens. God will then bring the glorious city that he has already built in heaven down to earth. God will then rule from this city right here on earth with us. Humanity will be fully restored from its fallen state and there will no longer be any death or sin. With our new bodies, it appears that we will be given the unique quality of being granted access to both the spiritual and physical realms simultaneously. The earth will belong to us once again. And yes, we will live happily ever after. You can read a more detailed description of the New Earth in Revelation chapter 21. Sounds like ascension. All in all, we have been tricked into thinking that we were generally back here on the timeline, at the Tribulation and before the Millennial Kingdom. In fact, just six months ago, I was sure that the Tribulation had begun. Satan didn't want us to know about the Millennial Kingdom because all of this information corroborates the Bible in a very powerful way and there's so much more. I now believe that in reality we actually live way up here on the timeline. I base this off of several things. The Millennial Kingdom seems to have ended no later than 1850. That means this event happened about 170 years ago at the very least. In Revelation, it states that at the end of the Millennial Kingdom, the devil will be loosed for a little season. In some translations, it is a little while, or a short time. So what could constitute a little season? If the Millennial Kingdom was 1,000 years, and that is considered a decent chunk of time, what would constitute a little season based off of that? Would 170 years, 200 years, or even a little more? I think so, but probably not much more than that. Now hold that thought and imagine the real world that we live in today and what has begun to unfold all around us. This presentation is not to fearmonger. In fact, I believe this information will do quite the opposite. While it does feel like we are indeed in the end times, it's a different end times than what we thought. With this revelation, I think we can live our lives more at ease, as the tribulation came and went a long time ago. Jesus assured us that nothing would ever be as bad as the tribulation again. Jesus said, For then shall be great tribulation, such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. I think it's very important for us to understand where we truly are in time so that as these end times events unfold, we can stay calm and level-headed. While I'm sure there will be ups and downs from here on out, I believe that with some preparedness we can stay safe and out of harm's way until the last day. The long-term plans of the enemy and the horrible dystopian future that we seem to be barreling into will not completely unfold as his time will be cut short. In fact. We may very well be the last group of humans to ever walk this earth as we know it, and we may be the ones who are alive on the last day and who will be spared a natural death. I hope this information can bring you a new outlook on life, just as it has done for me. While I'm sure that what lies ahead will be fascinating, to say the least, we will be able to press on Knowing that the days of this world are numbered, we can stay positive and comfort those who may begin to panic, as we understand that this will not be spiraling into the chaos of the great tribulation. And as the signs begin to become more apparent that a war is brewing,
2: I, I, I let me just let.
8: Her... We will not be consumed with fear. Instead, we will rejoice as we know it's almost time to meet the Lord. Okay, she's done.
2: Wow, does that make any more sense? It's an interesting. Theory. She did a a damn good job on that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I I don't think that's a theory.
3: There's a part two to that too. It might be I, it might I, be I next. don't
2: think that's a theory.
3: I know. I I mean, we did this last week, or two weeks, three weeks ago in Revelations. But yes, I think that's part two next. I, I, uh, I not quite, but we'll we'll. Is this is a quick one, yeah. This is a, just a quick one, real quick. Before uh, we get to part two, of that
2: I think that's um
3: well put, uh huh.
2: Yeah, just well put. It is awesome food for the brain. Mm-hmm. Eat on it, chew on it, mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot more to that than what we all know, but. <laughs>
9: The TRUTH ABOUT Tartaria. Tartary became the most common name for Central Asia that had no connection with the real polities or ethnic groups of the region. Until the 19th century, European knowledge of the area remained extremely scarce and fragmentary. In modern English-speaking tradition, the region formerly known as Tartary is usually called Inner or Central Eurasia. Much of this area consists of arid plains, the main population of which in the past was engaged in animal husbandry. Ignorance surrounding Tartary's use as a place name has spawned conspiracy theories, including ideas of a hidden past and mud floods. Such theories assert that Tartary was a lost civilization with advanced technology and culture. Tartaria conspiracy theory. The theory of Great Tartaria as a suppressed lost land or civilization originated in Russia, with aspects first appearing in Anatoly Fomenko's New Chronology, and then popularized by the racial occult history of Nikolai Levashov. In Russian pseudoscience, known for its nationalism, Tartaria is presented as the real name for Russia, which was maliciously ignored in the West. The Russian Geographical Society has debunked the conspiracy theory as an extremist fantasy, and far from denying the existence of the term, has used the opportunity to share numerous maps of Tartary in its collection. Since about 2016, Conspiracy Theories About the Supposed Lost Empire of Tartaria have gained popularity on the English-speaking part of the Internet, divorced from its original Russian nationalist frame. The globalized version of the conspiracy theory is based on an alternative view of architectural history. Adherents suppose that demolished buildings such as the Singer Building, the original New York Penn Station, or the temporary grounds of the 1915s World's Fair were actually the buildings of a vast empire based in Tartary that has been suppressed from history. Sumptuously-styled Gilded Age Buildings are often held out as really having been built by the supposed Tartaria. Other buildings, such as the Great Pyramids in the White House, are further held out as Tartarian buildings. The conspiracy theory only vaguely describes how such a supposedly advanced civilization, which had reputedly achieved world peace, could have fallen and been hidden. In the conspiracy theory, the idea that a mud flood wiped out much of the world, and thus old buildings, is common supported by the fact that many buildings across the world have architectural elements like doors, windows, and archways, submerged many feet below ground level. World War I and II are cited as a way in which Tartaria was destroyed and hidden, reflecting the reality that the extensive bombing campaigns of World War II did destroy many historic buildings. The general evidence for the theory is that there are similar styles of building around the world, such as capital buildings with domes or star forts also many photographs from the turn of the 20th century appear to show deserted city streets in many capital cities across the world when people do start to appear in the photographs there is a striking contrast between the horse and cart dwellers in the muddy streets and the elaborate highly ornate stone megastructures which tower above the inhabitants of the cities which is seen even in modern cities where extreme poverty is contrasted with skyscrapers Mortis writing for Bloomberg, believes that the theory reflects a cultural discontent with modernism and a supposition that traditional styles are inherently good and modern styles are bad. He describes the theory as the key anon of architecture. That wraps up the video. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to give it a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel and don't forget to press the bell icon to stay notified.
3: I, I had to throw that in there real quick. Um, the Q just for the Q and on. Oh my god! But uh, also because it kind of it it goes into the, he almost like proves the theory as he's trying to debunk the theory. Yeah.
2: It's weird because it's he went into funny. the hole. Yeah. He's like, "Why are the doors so tall?" Yeah, but, you know
3: the, the mud floods. Are like, yeah, I mean, he's like talking about it, and, and he's not debunking anything. He's just like, "Well, the conspiracy theory is," as he's giving you all the evidence, and for then
2: it. he's showing you all the evidence. So, for it. He's like, "Hey, look at this! Like, the doors were that so,
3: tall." Yeah. Um, anyway, <sighs> I think this is part two of the timeline deception. Yes. yes. Okay. Is. So here we go.
2: This is where it gets more yeah. interesting. Let's get more into the timeline because the timeline is interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: And to be quite, I don't know that we're going to get all the way through everything this week. We might carry this one over into next week with like mud floods and, and all that good stuff because honestly, this is a lot of fun. And I, I pulled it, So there's so many rabbit holes. So all right. anyhow. We might do another yeah. Tartaria part. Because we two. do have a hard stop at four o'clock. So
2: tartaria part we can't go
3: six hours on two. this one.
8: Hello and welcome back to my channel. This is the second part of my previous video, where I explained an alternative view of human history and our place within it. If you haven't seen part one, there's a link in the description below. In this video, I'll go over what I refer to as the dual timelines, and then I'll share some additional thoughts. Now that you're familiar with the timeline I explained in part 1, we're going to use a more simplified version for this video. You'll see that I'm throwing out a second resurrection date of 1820, but the exact date has not yet been confirmed. So to begin, I believe that it's been easy for the enemy to deceive us about anything on the Before Christ or BC timeline because conveniently nothing is ever dated from this period. The people did not keep track of the year because there was really no anchor point we can be told pretty much anything about artifacts from this time i believe that the practice of keeping track of the year truly began in year one of the millennial kingdom i believe this is the true meaning of ad or the latin phrase anno domini which means in the year of the lord there's usually some variation of this phrase in old books and manuscripts Because of the large amount of dated artifacts that have survived from the millennial kingdom, Satan has had to provide many cover stories for all of the evidence he couldn't destroy. He has told us that the phrase Anno Domini, or in the year of the Lord, means from the birth of Jesus. However, I believe that the true year one is the beginning of Jesus' kingdom here on earth. Since this period would last just 1,000 literal years, there was a reason to keep track of time as you could say it serves as a countdown. During the kingdom, a three-digit dating system was used, usually preceded by the letter I. It is believed that this letter I stands for Isus, or Jesus, which means Jesus in Greek and Latin there seems to be several other variations of the spelling and pronunciation of Jesus' name just within Latin alone, as well as other languages. Sometimes there are other characters that precede the three-digit date, such as a j or lowercase i, as well as unfamiliar characters that may be derived from Greek, Aramaic, or Hebrew. One of the best ways I've found for finding examples of a non-numeric character in the year is by looking at genuine coins that have survived from the millennial kingdom. Here we have a coin that we would be told is from the year 1621. However, we see that the character in the first digit is different from the numeral one in the last digit, and therefore we can conclude that the first digit is not a numeral one. Here we have another coin that we would be told is from the year 1700, but obviously the character in the first digit does not resemble a numeral one, and there is a large space separating it from the three-digit year. We can deduce that this coin is not from 1700, but the year 700 of the kingdom. Here we have another more subtle example, but we can see that the relief of the letter I in the date is more refined and congruent with the other letters, while the numerals are more consistent with each other. Again, we would be told that this artifact is from 1890, but I would determine the date on this coin reads I-890, meaning year 890 of the kingdom of Jesus. There are many more examples, and you'll have no trouble finding your own. It's one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it. Dating coins and other artifacts can be tricky, because beginning around the so-called 1800s, we begin to see artifacts that have been created by the enemy with a genuine numeral 1 in the first digit of the date. This is around the time that Satan was released from his prison and began the timeline deception. He began inserting false dates into all kinds of objects, including backdating inscriptions in books, on monuments and architecture, various works of art, and more. How exactly he pulled this off, I couldn't easily tell you. Lastly, one final example. If we had an object or event that was dated with the number 1900, that would be over here on the timeline, in our little season. But if we found an object that was dated I-900, that would actually fall back here in the late Kingdom. Conversely, if we have a pre-reset date such as 1500, that is generally the same year as I-500. If it seems a little confusing, well, it was meant to be, but you'll get the hang of it. In addition to the numeric dating system, the year was also commonly denoted in what we call Roman numerals. I have a feeling that perhaps Roman numerals are to be interpreted a little differently than what we've been told, but that's not something I'll be investigating right now. If you're someone who researches these sorts of things, then you're aware of what is regarded as the 1,000 years of added history that's been injected into our timeline. In all actuality, it appears to be about 800 to 850 years. I believe the entire reason that Satan has added approximately 800 years into our timeline is to once again provide a cover story for the things he couldn't destroy. As I showed just a couple examples of, there are innumerable artifacts that have the letter I or J preceding the year. We are told that an artifact dated I-500 would be the year 1500, but by doing so, a lot of fake and exaggerated history will need to be added in. This is all in a huge effort to hide the Millennial Kingdom from the people of our time. The more you learn about the true nature of our past, the more profoundly obvious it is that Jesus Christ is the ultimate truth, and it would definitely be a lot harder to go out and deceive the nations if we all understood we were riding off the coattails of Christ's Kingdom. So with that being said, I believe that we're actually in approximately the year 1200. A more precise date can only be pinpointed by figuring out the exact year in the false timeline that the so-called reset took place. If year one truly begins with the start of the millennial kingdom, then 1000 years have passed, plus the 200 or so years that we are already into the little season, putting us in approximately the year 1200. If we were to continue to base time off of the birth of Christ, then you would just add 70 years. This is how I see things for now, and I hope this helps you understand the dating system and how the two timelines relate to each other. Now I'm going to go through some additional thoughts and questions. In part one, I said that the saints go up to heaven at the end of the kingdom. I said this to keep things simple at the time, but I actually think that this may not be the case. The Bible states that the armies will surround the camp of the saints and the beloved city, indicating that they're here on earth somewhere. Perhaps the camp of the saints is located in a region we aren't allowed to explore. In part one, I talked about the second resurrection and how those who took part in it were simply referred to as the rest of the dead. I'm going to describe this part in just a little more detail. I believe that these people lived before Christ was ever born, therefore they did not get the chance to make the choice of whether to accept or reject Christ. Accepting Christ is the only way to be grafted back into the spirit realm. It is an indelible law of the universe. So these people who lived in the time before Christ had to be resurrected and given the chance to make this choice. This is the only logical theory that I have been able to surmise. It is my personal opinion that no one alive at this current time is part of that group. But then again, who knows? I haven't found anything in the Bible so far that indicates where the mortals at the end of the millennial kingdom go. One might assume that they keep on living into the little season, just as those who survived the tribulation kept on living as normal into the kingdom. But on the contrary, the early historical evidence often seems to point to the idea that the new people completely replaced the old people. However, it seems like there would be no continuity at all if one group was completely swapped out for another. Again, I'm honestly not clear on what exactly happened during the transition at the end of the kingdom. As we re-examine this period in time, I know that many Protestants will take issue with the depiction of the Catholic Church and the iconography associated with it. Since I became a Christian, which was in my adult life, I formulated the opinion that Catholicism was some sort of bizarre mixture between Christianity and Paganism, and that many of these practices and beliefs were not biblical. I was also simultaneously perplexed as to how this belief system that supposedly had it all wrong created all of the most beautiful cathedrals and artwork. I was disappointed that all of the best works of art and architecture had to be off limits to me. However, I have completely changed my mind about that as I have gained a higher understanding of our past. I have separated the reputation of the modern-day Catholic Church from what was actually the evolution of Christendom through the messianic reign of Jesus Christ himself. The Catholic Church, or whatever it may have been called during that time, appears to be the most prestigious wing of the governmental system during the Kingdom. Its higher offices, if not all of its offices, appear to be occupied by saints. It is the antithesis to the idea of separation of church and state. Furthermore, the belief systems of Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy both incorporate the new class of beings, the saints, who are the very first of their kind. They're like our big brothers and sisters who graduated before us, and they've played a part in this world ever since. These belief systems that were developed during the Millennial Kingdom give us insight on how they play a role in our lives. The saints did not yet exist in the times of the Old and New Testament, so that's why there's nothing in there about them as different spiritual entities. The timeline deception has created a chasm between two sides of the same coin. As Christians, we know to be very careful with the spirit realm, so I'm not saying to jump straight into anything, but after discovering the true nature of our past, I have naturally begun to fall in line with what is generally considered to be Catholicism. Conversely, if you already subscribe to the general ideas of Catholicism, then with this new revelation, you're likely going to understand your own beliefs and where they come from on a much deeper level. You will see that the millennial...
3: as a Catholic, how do you feel about that? That the Catholic Church was actually based on, was was led by the saints designated by Jesus and that with the end of the millennial kingdom, the evil popes have taken over? Satan took over the church just as he took over the world?
2: Well, one of the things that I... Hmm. really all right so hold on one of the things I'm going to throw out there and I'm going to add some credence to this theory okay
3: all right and okay. by all <clears>
2: means this is because I'm like
3: 48 hours into this rabbit hole so I can go a lot deeper
2: this is not catholic okay, lore next week. <laughs> this is reality okay <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> they did find the body of St. Peter 15 years ago. Yep. Okay. He was crucified. Upside down. Upside down. Yep. St. Peter lived a lot longer than what a lot of people said. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. When they carbon dated his bones, Mm -hmm. he would have been 224 years old when he was crucified. Interesting. How much does that change what we know about the millennial kingdom? Because if that's true, that would have been the end of the millennial kingdom and he would have been crucified upside down as if to show, look,
3: 200 years ago,
2: the devil is now in charge. Mm -hmm. This is the other weird part. Good story too. to it. Hmm. The first three priests, archaeologists, Mm -hmm. they're priests because they work for the Vatican. Yep. But they're archaeologists. The first three that found St. Peter's Crypt, all dead. Mysteriously.
3: Well, isn't that interesting?
2: Yes. Very, very odd. Mysterious. Under mysterious causes, they all died.
3: Well, of course they did. (sighs) Just saying. Okay.
2: I, I... This, as a Catholic, does it re... No, because I've always had a... a, But
3: you're not a a traditional Catholic. Catholics believe
2: in the church. They don't believe in the Vatican. Remember where our belief structure is surrounded by. Our belief structure is not about the Vatican. I know a lot of people get that mistake. They seem to think that we believe... No, we don't believe in the Vatican. We believe in the church. It's part of our... Creed, what we say every Sunday, we believe in the Almighty's Catholic Church. That's what we believe. We don't believe in the Vatican. Vatican was put there by man. (sighs) Ex-Mariner. One of my favorite scenes in any movie, if you have watched Angels and Demons, at the end the guy who you think is the bad guy almost all the way through. He's about to be the Pope. He sits there and he says, he looks at Tom Hanks' character and he says, we are just men. Men are fallible. We are just men. And he repeats that. And there's just something about that and about Catholicism, if there's one thing that I've always reminded myself, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I've done, I'm I'm just a man.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's it. I'm fallible.
3: Um, X manor, interesting question. Have we listened to Graham Hancock? So I was uh, I was looking for a show to watch a couple of weeks ago, and I came across the uh, Ancient Apocalypse show with Graham Hancock. And I started to play it and almost immediately uh, Gabriel came through and said, you cannot watch that. And I said, I'm sorry, what? You cannot watch that. It, it'll, it could change timelines for generations to come and you won't like it. And I said, okay. So I've avo- avoided Graham Hancock ever since. It's where I had to learn to suppress my curiosity. Graham Hancock? Uh-huh. What is Graham Hancock? Uh, he's a person. Okay, Do you not I, remember, have, I have I not. You don't remember that? No, of course not. We are not allowed to watch Ancient Apocalypse. I don't know why. Anywho. Um, X mariner maybe we need to watch Graham Hancock. No, we, we cannot watch Graham Hancock. He's already watched it, but... Um, Is it good? You cannot watch it either. No, I mean, if it's good, why not? We were told not to. We were told very specifically not to.
2: I've also been told, challenge everything that's said. Ve-
3: this is very specifically, you cannot watch that. There are some things mm. when it's that specific, I'm like, okay.
2: He's a journalist. So the first time I hear him, theory, the Ark of the Covenant was, was in, in Ethiopia.
3: Anyway, finish this up. Oh,
2: is that the, uh, no, no. I think I know who what you're talking about now. Uh, I, I think I know exactly but he's what got you're a referring new, to.
3: He's got a new show on Netflix called Ancient Apocalypse, and apparently it's that one in particular that we can't watch.
2: Uh, that's
3: interesting, isn't it? Though, yeah, don't eat the damn apple. Absolutely, exactly. I didn't know we weren't allowed to. Yeah, no, no. Hmm. Kingdom is rife with symbolism
8: that you may find off-putting. However. I have begun to re-examine these things and be open-minded to the idea that they met something else entirely or that the characters may not be guilty of their crimes. During the time that we live in, or the little season, many of God's holy symbols and institutions have been usurped by the enemy and thus their reputations have been sullied. I have begun to make the distinction that they had a different meaning within God's kingdom and now have the opposite connotation within the little season. Lastly, one of the biggest questions that you may have is why are the so-called Greek gods omnipresent throughout a Christian empire? I have some theories on how they fit in, and I'm looking forward to making videos about this in the near future. I don't want to spoil the fun, but know that I'll be addressing this question soon. So now that we have a good foundation laid, I'm looking forward to covering a range of topics from this perspective. I hope to share the Millennial Kingdom with you, as during the onset of our new abnormal, I have found solace in exploring Tartaria. By gaining a deeper understanding of our past, I constantly learn new things about God, the spirit realm, and our true nature as human beings. I believe that all of the incredible works of art and architecture created during this I'm going
2: to add to her real quick here. So,
8: uh, I mean, I have to
3: agree with her there.
2: Right here. Okay. Um, there is a monk. He is an artist monk from Italy. He did a rendering of, uh, hold on one second. Let me pull this up. So, you Ex-Mariner. Can see.
3: I was baptized Catholic, raised Lutheran and left and um, kind of so, forged my own path for a very long time. So. Here, if
2: you can see my mouse, you can see my arrow up here. It's circling this one, right? He mm-hmm. took this angel. Okay. He did a life-size rendering of what is up on the ceiling. And this is in St. Peter's Cathedral. I've been in there. Um, he did a life-size rendering. Uh, yes, I think that's the guy. Graham. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Asuka Graham. That's, I, I think that's the the monk. I, I'm not sure. Anyway. He did a life-size rendering of one of these angels. The angel life-size was like nine feet tall. Because they're, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to give you an idea. Mm -hmm. This is what Michelangelo depicted above us. All the beings were nine, 10, 15, 20 feet tall. They weren't five, six, seven feet tall. Yep. Just throwing it out there.
3: Hmm, okay.
2: Do we have anything else?
3: Um I i mean I think there's a we do have a lot more, but um do we have some yeah, play the the, the on. next one there. All right. Cause this is four minutes. That'll be fun. Oh, this is fun.
2: That'll work. Whoop.
3: Whoop. And we still have twenty minutes before we have to get off, so
10: Is there mud-flood disclosure in an old movie about the 1904 World Fair? Hello, fellow truth-seekers. A clip from an old movie has been brought to my attention as it may describe a great mud-flood. The movie is called Meet Me in St. Louis. It was made in 1944 and the whole movie leads up to the opening of the Louisiana Purchase Exposition in 1904. The clip in question is near the end of the movie.
6: Yeah,
2: I want to sit with the driver. Judy, up we go. There we are. All right, guys, sit over.
4: Go for Grandpa. Just calm down.
2: All righty. Where to, Miss Smith? You tell him, Judy.
10: To the Louisiana Purchase Exposition.
7: Right, you are.
4: You I've never seen anything like
6: it in my life. Don't eating
10: that sponge. You spoil your dinner. How the of the galaxy flat. Big waves came up and flooded the whole city. When the water went back it was all muddy and horrible. Floor a dead
6: body.
3: Oh, Did y'all hear that? Let's let's repeat that. Let's go back just a little bit and repeat that here. Listen to what the little girl said. I've never seen anything
1: like it right in Won't your eyes. Stop eating
10: that spun sugar. You spoil your dinner. Hey, <laughs> Papa, we saw the gallopets in flood. Big waves came up and flooded the whole city. When the water went back, it was all muddy and horrible. Full of dead bodies. Oh, Oh,
4: Judy. isn't it a breathtaking, John? I never dreamed anything could be so beautiful.
10: I liked it better when it was a swamp. There was just the two of us.
6: There's
4: never been anything like it in the whole world. We don't have to come here on a train or stay in a hotel.
2: Did, did you hear him say that? I liked it better when it was just, just a, swamp, a swamp and it, it was just, just the two, two of us. us. Yep. Almost like Adam and Eve. Yep. Hmm.
4: Hmm. It's right in our own hometown. Grandpa, they'll never tear it down, will they?
5: Well, they better not.
4: I can't believe it. we here where we live. Right here in St. Louis.
10: An interesting clip, I think you will agree. Let's take a closer listen to what the girl said.
4: That's not sugar. You spoil your dinner. Papa, we saw the flood. Big waves came up and flooded the whole city. And when the water went back, it was all muddy and horrible. Full of dead bodies. Oh, true. Oh, <laughs>
10: I had to listen a few times. She is actually referring to the Galveston Flood, also known as the Great Galveston Hurricane of 1900. It was the deadliest natural disaster in United States history. The hurricane left between 6,000 and 12,000 fatalities in the United States. Most of these deaths occurred in and near Galveston, Texas, after the storm surge inundated the coastline with 8 to 12 feet of water. The storm also destroyed about 7,000 buildings. So what do you think? Despite there being no mud flood disclosure, I hope you agree it is an interesting clip, at least for those of us researching the World Fairs. That is all.
3: Interesting. Mm -hmm. So play the the next one. That's an interesting theory.
2: Mm -hmm. And he missed the whole other part where he, the guy was sitting there saying,
3: I I liked it better when it was
2: just just a swamp and it was just just me and you. Mm -hmm kind of a hmm hmm hmm. gotta make you wonder gotta make you wonder just a little bit
1: is it possible that some of the mythical events of the distant past are events of only hundreds of years ago Is it possible that in many places in the world, even separated from each other, have suffered a flood of sediments that could wipe out an entire civilization? According to researchers, perhaps the cities we live in today are built directly on top of Old World cities. Can we fathom that there was a great cataclysm that covered Old World buildings, and we simply just started to build right on top of them? According to legend, a significant number of dirt layers were removed and what we now recognize as the cities we live in emerged from underneath. It is understandable that this is not an official version that is recognized by all historians. But the main premise is that, could an entire civilization be submerged by a mud flood? A mud flood is the sudden movement of a large accumulation of sediment, the product of a terrestrial phenomenon such as a large earthquake or tidal wave, We can go back to the early 1800s to try and understand the possibilities. According to historical accounts, between December of 1811 and March of 1812, there were upwards of 2,000 earthquakes in the central Midwest United States. Could this have been an event that triggered a type of so-called mud flood in North America? Sediment is solid particles that are deposited at the bottom of bodies of water, such as lakes and rivers. Also, as a result of a sufficiently strong storm, from the valleys and mountains near bodies of water, large sediment slides can be produced, and this mud is capable of greatly altering the relief of the area where the flood occurred. Throughout history, in virtually every country in Europe and Asia, there have been records of large mud flows. Having said that, is it possible that the world we see today could be built directly on top of a previous society that we know nothing about? When talking about the Tartary or Old World Reset theory, one immediately talks about the mud flood. Researchers claim it was responsible for ending an empire, however. Is there more to the story? The main evidence, or allegations, are the large number of semi-sunken buildings throughout the world. It should be noted that, especially in Europe, however, countries like the United States can also find these buildings. These are several excavations which unearth full-buried floors of old buildings complete with doors and windows. There would be no reason to build doors and windows underground. How would it be possible for this much sediment to build up in only a century or so? What buried these buildings so quickly... The main characteristic of these buildings is that, in fact, it seems that one floor of them has been buried in the ground. In many, it is seen as if a half-window peeked out from the street floor. These buildings, in general, usually have stairs that make you go up to the floor where you can walk. It would be the second floor of the building, or, on the contrary, they can have stairs that go down until people walk on the floor, which is sunken. In 1984, some places would even have underground city tours. The depth of which these old world cities are buried is astounding in itself. What happened? Is there another reason these old cities are completely buried under us? Theorists of the old world affirm that the enemies of the previous civilization, being victorious and taking advantage of the calamity that occurred with the old empire, took all the old world technology they could find. It is noteworthy that many of the buried buildings were used as hidden floors and even some researchers claim that these underground floors were rejoined by the use of roads, thus forming secret hidden underground cities throughout Europe. When analyzing the common patterns of the theory, some researchers emphasize that most of the buildings that we can observe semi-buried have Gothic architecture are made with red brick We can find examples of red-brick buildings much further into history than previously thought. Is there alternative explanations? The explanation of the cultural layer proposes that, as a result of human activity, elements accumulate in the soil that end up increasing the level of the soil surface. These elements are soil itself, garbage and waste. Archaeological science estimates this accumulation to be around 5 centimeters every 100 years. How can this theory explain the full, multi-storey floors of buildings being completely buried underground? Researchers suggest that if these buildings were truly built only one or two hundred years ago, there to be much less of a sedimentary layer. It is not at all likely that the people who lived in this time noticed that their homes and buildings were sinking in rubbish and simply allowed it to go on for many years. If we remember that the version of the cultural layer increases about five centimeters every 100 years, it is impossible that so many buildings around the world have been completely covered in this way. How many thousands of years would it take for the cultural layer to engulf the first floor of a building, and why wouldn't anyone do anything about it? Alternatively, there is another possible explanation of settling. A building can, without a doubt, sink into the ground due to, for example, the violent vibration of the ground caused by an earthquake. There is evidence, too, that cities built in valleys and near rivers are prone to the fact that their soil is not the most apt to support the weight of the city itself indefinitely. In cities located in valleys, subsidence of more than 10 kem per year has been observed. This version compared to the previous one sounds more plausible. However, To prove the disappearance of the Old World Empire, an investigation of practically all the earthquakes that occurred in the late 1700s and mid-1800s has to be carried out, which is not impossible, although extremely complicated. The possibility is not ruled out that, in fact, buildings around the world that appear to have windows at ground level may have been intentionally built that way. Consider that it is a strange type of design that was not given much importance and that was later replicated in the rest of the world. But considering some of the advanced architecture and planning involved in constructing these immense and marvelous buildings that stand the test of time, burying windows and doors would not make too much sense. Online researchers have discovered that there is evidence in a magazine of natural history article that something strange was happening geophysically with the Earth. At least as early as the mid-1700s, and continuing up until the publication of that article in 1834. The article talks about migratory animals getting lost, frequent severe weather events, the aurora borealis being visible at low latitudes, and a change in the winds and ocean currents, to mention a few. At one point, the seas were so unfavorable and perilous that ships were left stranded in foreign ports for at least three months before it was decided it was safe to resume cruising. Could this have had an impact on society at the time? Was this part of a larger, unknown cataclysm that we don't know about? Significant meteor showers and increased volcanism are also mentioned as occurring at this time. It was reported that one such shower, which was seen all along the American East Coast, dumped hundreds of thousands of fireballs from dusk until dawn. A geomagnetic anomaly may have been one of the more likely explanations for this phenomenon. Whatever it was, it caused havoc for a span of at least 100 years. While this isn't a definitive explanation of the mud-flood theory, it could perhaps be something to consider. The mysteries of our world seem to grow wilder every year. Is there more to history than meets the eye? Stay tuned for more next time. If you like this video, hit the thumbs up icon. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell icon to get notifications for new videos.
2: Yeah, we're not doing that, but
3: but I will put it on the subs. That was a good video, though. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yes. Anyhow, so um, we are we're going to actually continue with uh, mud floods and uh, and orphans next week.
2: So that'll be our next mm-hmm. Sunday show next for True
3: Spiracy. Yep. So True Spiracy 43. 43, yes. Will be the mud floods. Yes, mud floods. Mud and floods. Tartaria and Tartaria
2: and the conclusion yes. of Tartaria. How's yep.
3: That? Yep. Sound better? Yeah, The exactly. The end of Tartaria because the, yep. I think the mud floods <clears throat> is what destroyed Tartaria.
2: Killed them off. hmm Yeah. I believe so. I believe there's possibilities. So, that. so either way, yep. Um, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, uh, par for the course,
3: mm-hmm, with the news, with the news, mm-hmm. uh, and we got some shit to cover. Yep, because we got more. Especially new bad lip reading between uh the, the translation of the little uh, no no altercation. No. I, I
2: actually have some insight between on that. Matt Gates and, and, and
3: Kevin McCarthy. Was yeah, the translation good?
2: Yeah, the translation's about okay. spot on. So. That's
3: fantastic. Just that, get lions ready. and tigers and bears and oh my oh my. Um,
2: it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow night with the news, yep. and uh, you can also catch Liana's show tomorrow morning at nine oh five a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she always has a great show, and she's done her yeoman's work we did the last little bit Mm -hmm. the other night because we finally have a speaker of the house believe it or not and it's not who we wanted but it is what it is it is what it is yep so uh check out liana's show Mm -hmm. um 9 5 tomorrow morning um and she normally starts uh, right around there on foxhole on the foxhole yep yep so uh, go over check it out uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened already.
3: Yep, and then sign up for our Substack at uh, patriotpartypod.substack.com um, or Archangels Among Substack.com um, And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with the news. So and of course check out our website patriotpartypod.com. Dot com. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: and uh, sign up. I'm dead serious. Again, go get you one of these
3: but at Fresh Mouth. Oh freshmouth. my God.
2: You're gonna love the hydrate, uh, the the ultra hydration thing. Seriously, that's amazing. It is um,
3: you. I need you to put it in
2: here, actually. If, if you've never, if you've never had any, um, if you've never been fully hydrated before, it's holy fantastic.
3: Shit. And I, now I use it for my as the base for my vitamin water. So I put my my vitamin C and my vitamin D and if you don't K2 have one in there, fully support um, it with the uh, with the cardio cardio miracle. Life. Yeah, mar- um, miracle and uh so i've been doing that
2: which i start that
3: tomorrow and then just water i just drink just water the rest of the day yeah. and it tastes good like normally i don't like water but it tastes good so anyway it, it's
2: craziness now it, yeah it, it works so well you mm-hmm. will be so hydrated is fucking nuts yeah so, so we
3: we don't normally do the uh the same featured sponsor two days in a row but that's or two shows in a row but this is like a new show the First week. So anyway, um, it, it literally is
2: definitely worth it. Yeah. Go fresh, get fresh it.
3: Freshmouth.life. Oh my God. Yes.
2: Get, you know what? I, I'm, I, I was thinking about this this morning. The mm-hmm. hydrogen rich water cup. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Order two more. I, I know we didn't pay for these two, but like order two mm-hmm. more because I want backups. Okay. I want to be able to have one kind of always chilling in the fridge type thing well,
3: we'll see okay i
2: love having these things around i think this is awesome it's you, you drink water mm, yeah. tell you what you'd be super hydrated yeah all right either way mm-hmm. uh we will be back tomorrow night five forty five for liana's lounge mm-hmm. uh 6 p.m the show starts so if you don't want to listen to the lounge go check out the show um and you can uh, it's just music in the lounge. We mm-hmm. don't normally cut in early unless something like dramatic happens and then we will cut truly, in truly dramatic. But it has to be truly dramatic. Yes. And sometimes we do cut in early. But once. Once. We've done it once. You it at once. And the whole time that we've been doing the show, we've done it once. Mm-hmm. Either way, okay. uh, we'll be back then. Uh so for the Mick and V Lynn. Y'all have a great night, fuckers. And uh we will see you on we'll see you tomorrow see you tomorrow yeah
3: have a great night have Thanks a great night watching.
2: yep
4: i love my country love my freedom fuck will baby now i don't need it. shotgun race from the woods to Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late To come around here, son, running your mouth You can fuck around and find out
0: You can fuck around the snakes, snares and alligators, but once you get to the gate, you can't depend on your waters, cause you'll be over your tater, I'm yeah. talking growing tomatoes, yeah. feeding the worms I fish with later, I'll have a fish stick plate over a six foot grave, before i take a knee as our hand to play, stand my hands on my heart, I stand on what I, say. what I say, and my second amendment handles what I can, I ain't trying to be really badass or talk shit, I'm just saying, there's the line, don't cross I got a red rider gun when I was three So I don't run or hide from anything Bitch, I'm a red, white, and blue collar From the the side. You can fuck around and
4: find out Love my country, love my freedom Fuck well, welfare. no, I don't need them Shotgun raised from the woods to the plate Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late to so come around here, son, running your mind you can fuck around and find out. Oh Jay, you, you can fuck around and find out. If they looking for me, well, they know where to find me. I'll be half drunk, strapped up in a white I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can F A F O. I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash boy, but my lady's high class Got the music way up loud With a cigar wow. in my mouth Fuck around and come find out How we do it come in the on. South
7: I Ain't sayin'
4: nothing, but you runnin' that mouth I never take a hand out, I'm too damn proud I'm a son of the dirt of south With a truck seat high And he straight pipes loud This land, land of freedom Double barrels, in case we need Man up, or sit your ass down we done talking. Fuck around and find out. Love my country, love my freedom. Fuck the welfare, now, I don't need em. Shotgun raised from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late. To so come around here, son, running your mouth. You can fuck around and find out. You can fuck around and find out.